Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Okay, welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, my voice is Parker and Alex, and we watched The Batman. Now, this is the first Batman movie to feature the knockout game. Ladies and gentlemen, your thoughts. <laughs> your dad would have been furious. <laughs> they needed another hero. <laughs> you know, girls at my school call me vengeance. <laughs> I'm also the respected loner of the Justice League. <laughs> I really thought Mark was going to be like, oh, I liked it, so. <laughs> okay. Oh, we're making fun of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like that it was dark. Okay, so uh, before we get into that, Parker, do we have any news in the world of film? You don't have to talk about Ukraine if you don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as the most qualified person on here with my worldly experience. (laughs) I don't know, some shit got announced. There's a new Alien movie. Who cares? We have a three-hour Batman movie to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about that. Another another one. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess we can get into our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Uh, I would like to go first here. So, much like Alex, I used to live in Maryland. In fact, I think you still live in Maryland, so... That is correct, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, uh, the tr- yeah, me too. the trucker convoy came by. <laughs> oh, uh, God, that's right. Yeah, so per- they were in Hagerstown. I'm like, good, they stopped there. They got scared of 70-year-old Nancy Pelosi, and they turned around, right? Wrong. Apparently, they went all the way down to Alexandria, which is where Vanessa is. I was going to drive her to Woodbridge, right? And she was like, yeah, the trucker convoy here. It's going to be tough, so... Luckily, they mostly dispersed by then, but uh, we got a little bit of them before we got down to Woodbridge. Now, here's I can't a... believe you think Nancy Pelosi's only 70. <laughs> well, 70 ish. She's know. like 81, dude. She's 81? Holy shit. I think so, yeah. Nah, I'll take your word on it. Yeah, I don't me... fucking care. I, 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 not putting I, I, movie bet on this. Is. I'm not going to look it up. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel 70 to 81 is, you know, whatever. We're in that range. So here's the cool I thing about truckers. I graduated from Woodbridge with a full point oh grade point average. <laughs> 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 do you feel good? Do you feel good about that? I one? do. Eighty-one years old. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Well, I did back not and know forth that. waiting for my. Oh, well, she only looks seventy. Thank you for the woodbridge. Uh, you know, good for her though. Yeah. You know, good for her. She's doing a great job. Must be that ice cream. Yeah. Anyway, uh... <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Just trigger. I don't want to fucking talk about ice cream. <laughs> he was just on Wikipedia the whole time looking at people's ages. Even bringing up ice cream is like the brown noise for me, dude. I don't oh. want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, so here's the cool thing about truckers, uh, besides the fact that they love freedom so much, is they don't have like the, what is it, CB radios or whatever, and they talk to each other other things. Well, here's the thing. If you went to school for like audiovisual stuff, you might have some components in your car that can catch this stuff, and you might also have components in your car that can record it. So you can have uh, interesting conversations with the truckers, record stuff like this. I do not wear panties. I've never worn panties, but if called upon, panties I will wear. Big white house panties or small, delicate European briefs. Whatever panties you need to say for me to strap up on the 
So, uh, who are your jerks of the week? <laughs> I can't believe Bane told you all that, dude. <laughs> uh, my jerk of the week? How are you going to be the Alamo Draft House? A place where the whole reason he goes to eat food and tell me, I wish I don't have enough fries to make you loaded fries. They can only be a side Ooh. to a burger. So we oh. get a burger. I'm like, hey, can you make them loaded on the side? They're like, yeah. And then I get that bill. Three extra dollars? I'll fucking fight everyone in this building. Three dollars <laughs> is three dollars. I paid almost twenty dollars for a goddamn burger with some fries with fucking cheese dumped on them. I could kill somebody. Oh my god. After waiting that like is... an hour and a goddamn half. It's, it's fine. Alright, well. No one in the world is suffering as much as I am right now. <laughs> at, at least you got them before the halfway mark of the movie. That's a good point, yeah. Well, oh, did you have to wait? Dude, I'm sorry. I'd order and do so, the fucking uh, trailers. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so my jerk of the week actually, you know, comes from a mostly positive place. Now, as the world knows, uh, Saturday night was was Coach K's last game, uh, <laughs> coaching coaching the Blue Devils uh, in the in the, uh, the regular season. You know, at home at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and they had a huge, you know huge presentation like they literally cut away from an overtime game in order to show him talking about yeah i don't know being old in basketball or something uh, i know just i was truly, making that like, switch so yeah just truly a moment where everyone in the world was united in their hatred of duke regardless of how they felt about north carolina mm-hmm. thankfully our tar heels pulled it off for all of us and left what will be a lasting wonderful impression on my heart with us 20 minutes before his speech at the end of just sad Duke fan crowd shots because they had nothing else to air. Oh, it was beautiful. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> Even better, However, did you... Oh, sorry. Before you get to that, uh, did you hear how much they had to pay in order to get in there? Were the tickets like $8,000? It was absurd. Yeah. And uh, for that reason, there were a lot of famous people, a lot of famous Duke alums there, and also Kyler Murray for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, dude, I Parker's dad was... Uh, but uh, it's one of those alums that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Someone who I didn't realize was a Duke alum. Mm-hmm. Because they came out of a commercial break with a shot of the crowd, and who do I see wearing a Duke shirt but one Ken Jong? <laughs> <laughs> In that moment, I nearly became the Joker. Oh my god, that explains so much. That explains even more than Parker being left-handed. Oh man. Doesn't you know, it? You know, the crazy thing is, to the Joker, they're the Joker. just regular rotations. I know you've used that joke before, but as soon as you said Ken Jong, flashing oh, like a war memory. Oh, shit. There's going to be more Joker content in this episode. I know. That he is basically not in. Yeah. That you could possibly it's, imagine. Uh, debatable as to whether he's this barely in it. I'll get to that. Unlistenable. I cannot wait. Yes, it is. Sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, about the trucker panty thing. Okay, so uh <laughs> Speaking of audio segments, um I took my sister to her Mecca. Uh we got to see the two thousand four version of the Phantom of the Opera at the Alamo Draft House. And oh, goodness. It was a bit of like a touch and go situation because my sister loves Phantom of the Opera. She's a huge, huge fan. Read the book a couple times, and she's always wanted to see this version on the big screen. So, like, hey, I'm a good older brother. I'll take you to see it. That being said, this was a movie party. 
We're kind of like, yeah, I don't know about movie parties. Well. Yeah, right. You know, the, dude, the worst one. You haven't seen this one. They're doing like this uh, trailer at the end like, hey, come join our movie party to quote along for Labyrinth. And it looks like the worst thing I have ever seen. Fucking serious? It looks... Remember the one we saw before Jackass for like the Spaceballs one? The Labyrinth one looks so much worse. <laughs> it looks like... What the fucking w- memorable quotes are there in Labyrinth? Uh, apparently, apparently you have no power over me and you see like this woman would like you have no power over it looks so humiliating my sister was seriously sitting in the in the chair like she she looks like fucking like uh uh the guy from the shine she's just like, <laughs> like don't I, worry i feel like that movie party is gonna be a lot of single people having to buy two seats no kidding yeah so uh we shan't we go with that one but the thing about the fame of the opera is like i actually thought they did a pretty good job with the movie party like all the props and stuff like that were like non-interactive they're just like they just gave us a bunch of knickknacks i'm like oh okay i don't really mind that you know they're like oh you can quote along with a movie and uh, for the most part no one did the only problem is there was some woman behind me who's clearly listened to the soundtrack her entire life it was clearly singing along but she was really good it just felt like the movie had this echo the entire time i was like what the fuck is that it's like it wasn't even bad it was just kind of weird uh anyway i had never seen the phantom of the opera at least in this version and actually kind of liked it i don't really understand why people dislike it maybe because i had a good theater experience like everyone was having a good time uh my sister really really enjoyed it and if i can make her happy you know i'm happy uh so are are there are there people that don't like phantom a lot of people thought that yeah, a lot of people don't like this version of the Phantom of the Opera because they're like, oh, okay, Ger- this version, that's yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, people don't okay. like Gerard Butler singing in this one, and I thought it was basically fine, you know? He's not exactly Russell Crowe in Les, in Les Mis, you know? Uh, See, I... Yeah. Uh, now I'm seeing red. <laughs> no, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he's basically fine. I think everyone in the movie is basically fine, with the exception of Miniature Driver, who's really good. I, I like her a lot. She's, she's a lot of fun. Uh... The story is whatever. I basically know the story to Phantom of the Opera, but um, I don't know. I, I had fun. It's it's really not that bad, you know. The story works for me, and the it looks good. It sounds good. I, I had a good time. That being said, my sister brought up an interesting thing. She was like, "Yeah, so apparently, uh, Roger Waters, the bassist and frontman for Pink Floyd, said that Andrew Lloyd Webber, the world's ugliest man, ripped off the song Echoes for the main theme of Phantom of the Opera." And I thought about it, and I said, that doesn't make sense. I, I don't think it actually sounds like that. So I'm going to let the listeners decide. This is the song Echoes by Pink Floyd, written by Roger Waters, David Gilmour, Richard Wright, and Nick Mason. This is the, uh, this is the, like, the arpeggio that he says was ripped off. Okay, it sounds like this. Okay, I'm going to play it one more time here. Once it once it gets said the dun 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 dun, dun, that's apparently what it is, and this is the one that they use in Phantom of the Opera. Wait, hang on. All right, here it goes. He's got a point. Crystal clear. I I really I really (laughs) don't. What else did you pick up on your CB radio? All right, all right. So I'll be Smokey and you be the bandit. Oh fuck, dude! That, I, I think Rednex has. <laughs> I think I think Rednex has the same effect on me that Crocus has for Parker. But it's with an X because they're cool. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> My favorite thing about rednecks is that they're Swedish. <laughs> such a good bit. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing is that rednecks are wonderful things. So, yeah, I liked uh, the Phantom of the Opera. I thought it was tremendous fun. And then I decided that I would watch uh, the rest of G Gundam. I finally finished it. Hell uh, yeah, dude. It is difficult to talk about this in uh, concrete terms. It is one of the worst things I've ever seen, and yet I would watch 49 more episodes. <laughs> See, you yeah, get it. Dude. We're happy you get it, because it is the dumbest piece of shit ever made, but also, I wish I could watch it every year. The protagonist, is, the protagonist is so unlikable. I fucking hate this guy. And yet he wins. Against Master Asia, and... His horse Gundam, <laughs> piloted by a the horse. <laughs> the Undefeated of the East, sorry. Yeah, I gotta give him by his, his street name. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was tremendous. That was... <laughs> never wanted it to end. Chris, I just want to give you context for this, now that you finally understand. Yeah? <laughs> when Mayweather beat McGregor, I was just yelling, The Undefeated of the East at the bar over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Did you guys see this when it aired on? Uh, was it like Adult Swim or Toonami I or whatever? Sure, did. we did. Oh jeez, this is why I wish I, I had another TV in my house. It three times through. Oh my I've God. spent decades of my life thinking about the giant fireball with Master Asia's head in front of it. With this, it just <laughs> like that. <laughs> it has shaped me as a person. He really does sound like the human bullet from the Tick. Fire me, boy! <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Congrats to Neo Denmark on their third place showing. Yeah, John, dude. <laughs> Neo Denmark. Tell me about the Tequila Gundam and how oh. much you want a model kit of it. No, I'm this thinking about. what gets you into it. <laughs> I'm thinking about Jim Vardy uh, piloting Neo Kenya. Oh, fuck you, dude. <laughs> it's the greatest gimmick that any show has ever had. Like, all right, every single country has a Gundam and they fight in space. So the wildest thing about this is that you probably could have made this, like, 25 episodes shorter when he cut out the entire pre-show. Like, just, I don't care about his background with those other Gundam guys. Just get him into, like, the tournament. The tournament's what I care about, you know? Uh, was it better? <laughs> you know, it was just a different show on the second half. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're also the Shuffle Alliance, and that means something. Don't worry. Yeah, about the it. Shuffle. They believe in each other, and also friendship. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, I believe you. The Mafioso Gundam, piloted by the pilot from Neo North Macedonia. <laughs> Link the door. <laughs> it's, it, the the Gundam wish? just looks like Dolly Parton. You were telling me earlier, like, you need a new anime to watch. How much do you wish every anime just had a ring announcer just set up the episode for you? Alright, guys, oh, here's what's happening this week. And then he says, I like how every single, every single episode he says, It's the moment you've all been waiting for! And he's right. Correct, though. Yeah. I have a feeling that, every you know, that probably a makes a lot man. more sense on TV, because you're like, come on, come on, get get Bleach out of here, come on. It's the moment you've all been waiting Oh, yes, G-Gundam! Let's see some robots, you know? I, uh... I, I have an anime recommendation for Chris, but no. we're going to have to save it until we talk about Batman. Oh, okay. What was the Batman anime? Uh-oh. Okay, That's so... That's diabolical. One last no, thing. No, it's when, not. When it's last, Okay. When last you joined us, I was talking about the show, and I said, Alan B. Beardsley? Who the fuck is... Turns out Alan B. Beardsley is a little schoolgirl. Yeah. She's the schoolgirl. Sailor Moon Gundam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alan B. Beardsley. Can you imagine naming your daughter Alan B.? I can't imagine Ugh. having a daughter. 
because that involves well, I can't imagine being British. So. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> I also, I do like how no one did any accents on this show, and I'm thinking back to, like, that one episode. What was that one anime I watched where, like, the... I think it may have been Angel Cop, or one of the, uh, like, a bartender sounded like Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there was definitely a meeting. They're like, okay, before we start casting people, what are we going to do about these countries? We have to decide right now how full we're going with and then this. They just look at, they we... just look at fucking Neo-Kenya. They're like, no, we're not going to have the Starf and Marvin accent for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a like sort of a French thing. Okay, who's going to voice uh, Neo-China? I'm out. I ain't doing that. I ain't <laughs> yes, doing what you're asking me uh, to do. Click, click, Dirk Gundam. Yeah. This <laughs> is click, click, Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite line from that episode. <laughs> uh, Domo Kashi uh, has a Tiberian junker, the preferred ship of the huts. <laughs> Need your donation. Oh, uh, yeah. So, G Gundam was uh, terrible. I loved it. So, next movie I watched, I went with my good, I hesitate to use the word friend, David Bentley, to watch The Worst Person in the World. Uh, it's about a, it's a movie about a person who's really not that bad. Uh, it's extraordinarily European, Parker. I do not think you'd enjoy this at all. Alex, did you watch right. this one? So you're saying to the Joker it's a regular person? The Joker would think this person's just kind of bad. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen this yet, but it is on my list. I will get to it. Yeah, I, Unfortunately, yeah. there are also 30 assignments on my list. Yeah, so. correct. Uh, I, think <laughs> this, I think this one was pretty good. The basic idea here is there's a woman growing up in, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Europe. And uh, she's married to this one guy, and then she breaks up with him and uh, dates another guy. And uh, it's about how it's weird being uh, live or something. I don't know. It's it's so very serious with itself. It's not very funny, and it's like I don't know. It's just kind of taking itself. It was so grounded in realism that there are certain moments where it breaks that realism. Like there's a nice animated sequence where she does. Uh, magic mushrooms which turns out are not magical at all they're actually drugs so so the joker there <laughs> <laughs> they're scientific mushrooms uh i have to admit i almost leaned over to because I, I don't do drugs as he does and i was almost leaned over was like are you supposed to eat them i thought you inject them but i didn't want to ruin the movie um no, no, you eat them. They taste disgusting. I'm kidding. I know that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't shock. Hey, do you know where we can inject mushrooms? All right, Put them on the mushroom joke does not room. work. <laughs> you're, you're too, you're too much of a straight man for it. Right, that's like, a good point. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, uh, I, the, the one thing I want to mention is that her her first boyfriend in the movie, who um, I'm not going to spoil anything here, he's a comic book artist and he's very well known for drawing. What, what was it called again? Uh, they they call Smart. it they call it Bobcat is uh, the comic that he draws and Bobcat reminds me of like Fritz the Cat crossed with Bubsy and I, I couldn't stop thinking about it the entire like the first time you see him he says sorry baby I'm just a wild animal I'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong <laughs> I just. I know I'm aware that the only person that's going to laugh when I bring this reference up is Parker. However, when you said he's a comic book artist, my mind immediately shot to electric retard. <laughs> wow! Oh my god! Yeah, that right? just opened the door in my brain. Right? Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be distracted this episode, you guys. No, no, come on. Uh, do I want this in my search history? Oh wait, I remember that thing. Okay, never mind. Yeah, not, yeah, try yeah not I, to I know. Yeah, 
It's it's yeah. deep in the recesses. Yeah, of your brain. you've mentioned this to me before. <laughs> I think the next ones. I, I watched five movies in a row that I own on Blu-ray or DVD, and I haven't seen in a while. It's like, do I still like these as much as I remember? Because I watched like a couple samurai movies recently, and I was like, well, they're still good, but not quite as good as I remember. So I was like, if I own this on physical media, I I hope it was good enough to justify the purchase. So the first one I I rewatched was Mulan, the original 1998 animated Disney one. Hey. Turns out it's still perfect. Uh, there's, there are no bad things about this movie. It is very easily Disney's best. I will say that in Blu-ray, I noticed some things that I missed when I was a kid. Okay, so the the guys are all dressed up as concubines when they go into uh, the Emperor's Palace, right? And uh, they got like the makeup and everything. I never noticed when I was eight years old, when the apple tumbles out of uh, Ling's dress, that that was supposed to be one of his fake breasts. And uh, so when they all pull out that fruit, I was just like, oh, they were hiding fruit to uh, hit them over the heads with. Fuck it. He, uh, Link pulls out another apple. Okay, he was using an apple as a fake breast. Uh, Tianpo pulls out watermelons because he's a big guy. Yao pulls out an orange and a banana. I completely missed that scene. <laughs> I was uh, I was very entertained by that. They, they did a really good job. There's also like some subtle things. The way that Mulan is drawn, she's constantly like touching her hair because apparently Ming Na Wen did that all the time. And so the animators are like, oh, that adds another like layer of realism. The other thing is there's a very subtle thing where she doesn't like being touched without her consent. I was like, that's actually, it, but she doesn't like say anything about it. She just sort of like slowly peels a person's hand off her shoulder, you know? And I, I thought, wow, that's like a really good touch. Not to, no pun intended. Uh, but yeah, the movie's still really funny, it's got great action, it's fantastic storytelling, the music's still the best that Disney's ever done. Uh, yeah, I, I love that movie. Turns out it holds up. We'll not li- watch the live-action one. Uh, don't Dragon Balls allowed. Well. Yeah. <clears throat> no. ah, yeah. We got yeah. a lot still. Actually. The next one <laughs> I watched... 35? No, no. <laughs> the next one I watched... <laughs> the next one I watched was uh, Fight Club, which I haven't seen in a long time. I remember loving it when I was in college, and I was like... Which is... I mean, that's a college guy movie to watch, you know? And I remember thinking, like, huh, do I still like that? Because a lot of a lot of young white men watched that movie and took the wrong idea from it. So I hope I I hope this movie still holds up for me. Good news, this movie's like actually perfect. It's actually just yeah. still wonderful. I, I I will say that I logged it on Letterboxd and I rewatched it, like, yeah, this is still really good. And then I thought to myself, I was like, because when I was done watching it, the next day I was like, man, that was, I should watch that again. I was like, what have I turned into Letterboxd guy who's constantly rewatching Fight Club and I get like <laughs> fucking police called on me? <laughs> but I didn't want to rewatch it again because it's still that good. Here's the thing that no one remembers about Fight Club that thing is almost two and a half hours long. And you don't want to miss a single second Doesn't of it. Feel like There's it not a all. single second I want to cut from that movie. Like I've well, the thing I the main thing I forgot about Fight Club is just how fucking hilarious it is. That's like one of the great comedies of our era. It's so fucking funny from start to finish. I love like I think I mentioned like a couple episodes back about there's a certain scene in Pulp Fiction where Uma Thurman says to John Travolta, "Come on, don't be such a." And she draws a square, and it leaves like a dotted line on the on the camera. And you're just like, "Wait, that's a great. Why does no one do that? What if you had a movie that's like all of that?" And that's Fight Club. And there's actually a pretty good message. I watched this at like a pretty tough time in my life when I was in college. I just I was between colleges. I had no money to my name, and I like the idea that if your life is ending one minute at a time, how are you going to spend it valuably? What they do to Raymond K. Hessel is like, you have to go and be a veterinarian because that is your life story, not working at a convenience store. It's like, that's good. I'll build myself up. I figure, you know, if I'm going to be awake, I'm going to be learning or working out or bettering myself in some capacity. And it, it did a lot for me. 
other people have watched this movie and taken a different stance on things. So I, <laughs> I hope I, I hope I don't sound like one of those people. But yeah, I fucking love Fight Club, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I understand. Good movies are good. Yeah, we're, it's it's we're weird to say. Like, I, I'm. Things. You okay? Well, sorry. What was that? We're fine. No, I'm fine. You and I are both saying the exact same thing. We both watched the movie. We got the same message. We'll talk after. That's okay, fine. just making sure. Right. Actually, now, yeah. if Chris comes in and says that he watched and really enjoyed American Psycho, then we have a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking a good point. dog dicks. Yeah. But. Who was the one on Discord who said, yeah, you know, I've never... I, someone said, I need to watch American Psycho. And I think I... I did, actually, you don't. <laughs> it's not good. I bet that was Harry. Actually... That sounds like something Harry would post. It does sound like something Harry would post, but I think it was Josh. Anyway. He should... Harry should not watch it. Yeah. So the the next one I I agree, but the next one I rewatched on Blu-ray was Unbreakable by M Night Shyamalan. Uh, I really like this one. At this point, I'm pretty dead set in my opinion. I do think that this is better than The Sixth Sense, and maybe it's because I don't really like horror movies, but this movie works for me so don't well. Say yeah. Well, I've also yeah. how many hundreds of movies did it take for you to figure that out, Chris? It, it took me maybe a dozen. But anyway, uh, Unbreakable. I, I think one of the things that I like about Unbreakable so much is it's the only superhero movie that moves deliberately slowly. Like it is a very very slow, solid movie, and I like it as a result of that because they take their time trying to set things up. Things happening in a realistic in a realistic tone. This is before. Spider-Man, okay? This is before the whole MCU and all that. And they did a really good, decent job. It is very well written. It is very well acted. It's incredibly well shot. I love so much about this movie. And it's so strange to me seeing how great M. Night Shyamalan does with this movie and then knowing what comes after. I, it is so hard for me to put in my head that he did this and then he did The Happening. He did this... And then he did Lady in the Water. He did this. And then he did The Last Airbender. I don't understand how it's the same guy. I'll expand on this in a little bit. But uh, yeah, Unbreakable still rules. Now the next one I watched, I went to an animated one. I watched The Road to El Dorado, uh, which I do, on, in fact, own on Blu-ray. In English, that's The Dorado. Yes. <laughs> I happen gotcha, to... Buddy. Yeah. I happen to love The Road to The Dorado. Uh, it is very, very good. I It's better than I remembered, actually. I remember th- watching him think myself, well, it's all right. You know, I don't care. I like that it's very, very PG. I mean, I think the best way to watch it is watch it right after you watch, like, Tarzan or Mulan or whatever the other Disney movies that were going on at that time. Uh, because what it does, is, or, or better yet, watch this, like, the like right after you watch Atlantis, which I don't think is a very good movie at all. I think Atlantis kind of blows. The Road to El Dorado is so much better, and it came out the same year. It's funnier. It's It's got uh, better songs than Atlantis, but... The, barely counts uh it's got more adventure it looks nicer and that is tough to do because disney had the world's best animation studio and probably still do have the world's best animation studio so for warner brother or i guess it was dreamworks to beat them out that's a big deal uh i love kevin klein and kevin and kevin brana their their chemistry is fantastic uh and i especially love the character of shell She's not quite as defined a character as uh, Mulan is, but that's a very high bar to clear because Mulan's very easily the the best Disney uh, heroine the entire time. Uh, What I like about Shell is that she is genuinely a funny person, not just making funny faces, but like one of my favorite scenes is uh, Miguel says, hey, cover for me. And she's like, okay, don't worry, I got you. And he runs away until he says, hey, where's Miguel? And she says, I don't know. And that's like all she does to cover for him. And I thought that was great. 
unfortunately, Miguel, the one voiced by Kenneth Branagh, I think he's the weak part of the entire movie. He doesn't really have a reason to want to stay in El Dorado. So I kind of felt like maybe they should have expanded on that. There are some good points made by the movie, and I, I would have loved to see like a sequel series here. And I especially, again, the PG rating really goes a long way, not just with like the rather overt sexuality that they have throughout the movie, but also the fact that Cortez actually says the word Christ. I thought that was like... That's a really nice antidote to, like, the G-rated stuff. Like, the the hardest uh, Disney ever went up to that point was saying the word cross-dresser in Mulan. And they almost got a PG rating for that. So, you know, parents. Anyway, The Road to El Dorado absolutely holds up. Rewatch it. You will have a good time. And uh, last one, which I'm very happy to see that uh, Alex likes as much as I do, is Amelie. Uh, which used to be my favorite movie of all time, actually. Uh, I fucking... I remember, like, when I first started getting into movies, I watched, like... I think it went for, like, the top IMDb 250 list or something like that. And that may have been a bad idea, because, like, seeing Fight Club and Ame Lee kind of spoiled me from an early moment, and, like, all the other movies kind of suck after this. Because Ame Lee is, again, like, that square scene in Pulp Fiction. It's a whole bunch of, well, we could do whatever we want in the movie. Why don't we color this person in, like, this orange glow? Why don't we have, like, this thing be in, like, CG, or this is going to be in claymation? We're going to have this, this, and this. And... It works so well, and it's got a great message, and it's funny, and, it, and the music's good, and it looks good. And I almost have this bitterness that, like, uh, maybe I, I shot my load too early watching good movies. So maybe I just should, maybe I should just stop watching movies entirely. But uh, not before I watched, uh, finally, Parker, I got to it. Best in show. Oh, hell, hell yeah, dude! dude. I forgot, man. I <laughs> I remember Parker had mentioned this before. You know, Fred Willard passing and everything. He is so... I don't even want to talk about anyone else in the movie. No one else really matters to me. Besides the gay guy with the frosted tips. He's funny. Fred Willard in this movie is so fucking... I think easily the best line in the whole movie is... Let me ask you a question. It's kind of off the beaten path here. How much do you think I can bench press? <laughs> I don't know if that's really... 350 pounds! That was at my best. That was back in college. <laughs> Apparently that that character's based on like a real guy. Like they actually got like this baseball desk to do the Westminster dog show. Oh man, really feeling that dog's testes right there. <laughs> now, what's that called? It's a testicular saying. Whoa! What am I going on a date with her? <laughs> yeah, that I think that about the really scene good. with the bumblebee toy a lot <laughs> I used to work at a pet store and I, I would get people who were kind of like that. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> Dude, that was one of my favorite scenes. Is just the opening, right? The opening. Where they, they fucking... Uh, they're talking about like how their dog watched them have sex, and now the, the dog's depressed. And it cuts to the... Or it pans over to the dog on a couch looking depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom would have really liked that movie. So, that's... Uh, I wish you could have seen it. I'm glad I got a chance to see it. Also, thank you to Michelle for forcing me to watch it. Alright, next one I watched was called... I watch a lot of movies. Sorry, guys. Uh, no, you're good, dude. Yeah, I watched uh, Suicide Club. I didn't. Yeah, Suicide Club is a Japanese movie. Oh, and Had me in the first half of that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suicide Club, uh, I remember Michelle saw me so She was like, why do you have that? Come on, Chris. I was like, "Moon's on the list. And she's like, what list? And uh, then she ended up leaving five minutes later. So Suicide Club is about 54 Japanese schoolgirls who, Parker, calm down, they all commit suicide in front of a moving train. This movie wins. Need <laughs> more wild schoolgirls out here. <laughs> <laughs> these schoolgirls, who were in fact ready to rut, also uh, have these worlds. Th this is like movie history. Suicide Club really rocks. <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry, Chris. Continue. This movie. This sorry, this movie has the single worst or single most ridiculous blood splatter effects I've ever seen in a movie. Like really, really stupid. The other thing about it is apparently the director of this movie went to school in America uh, for like eighteen months and did nothing but uh, watch porn and do drugs. Then he dropped out and moved back to Japan with the with the one goal of. Um, of making a movie that Japanese people would hate. And apparently Japanese people do not like Suicide Club, so maybe, maybe that's what Michelle said. Uh, I don't think it's very good, but it was at least a little bit interesting. I would have wanted a lot more. I think that I was sold a different kind of movie. This movie was sold as like, oh, it's an investigation. The police are going to try to figure out what's going on. And there's a bit of that, but really not enough. You don't get a lot of solid answers. So I actually kind of thought it, was, it, it wasn't good enough for me. So getting back to M. Night Shyamalan. You guys remember sure. what movie he made after Unbreakable? Do I ever? Yes, he in, he did in fact make Signs with the greatest actor of all time, Mel Gibson. Uh, yeah. So here's oh the th- my god, that reminds me. Sorry, not to. T- go ahead, go ahead. I just found out about this fucking movie where Mel Gibson plays Mark Wahlberg's dad today. Oh yeah, you didn't yeah, know, did you? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know about that one, buddy. All right. Oh. Okay. Future assignment. So anyway, oh, Dragon Ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I won't tell him who else is in it. Don't worry. Uh, it's coming out. If Ken Jong is in it, I swear. Buddy. Anyway, so here's the thing about Signs. Signs is one of the most embarrassing movies I've ever seen. It is such a tremendous drop off from Unbreakable, and what I wanted to think the entire time that I was watching it was. Oh, he was reading too much of his own press. He was reading people saying, oh man, he's the new hotness. Remember the Newsweek cover that said he's the next Spielberg, which is like, you you can't live up to those expectations. No one can. It's impossible. Uh, But as I'm watching it, uh, I'm like, I don't know. This doesn't really feel like it. He said afterwards he wanted, for all the promotional stuff, not to mention... uh, the the sixth sense because this is a completely different movie to which i would i would tell Ebna Chamon, are you fucking high this is the same movie it's about as slow there's a stupid fucking twist in it and everything is acting with the <laughs> utmost of yeah. seriousness so here's the thing about signs these aliens who are weak to water visit a planet where 75 percent of it is covered in water Oh, good. You also read Maddox in 2003. No, I've, ne- I've never read Maddox in my life, thank God. But, like... Oh, have I mean, you? <laughs> haven't I? But, like... Next week's episode. Yeah, Parker, you have, like, two books to read before you assign me anything with writing in it. Uh, but, like, seriously, that's a problem. I don't. Yes, correct. Uh, I don't expect Alex to read. You've got enough textbooks as it is. Uh, but, like, they're also... they're. Easily stopped by pantry doors, really? The wood is, like, problematic for them? Also, like, besides, like, the logical inconsistencies of the movie, which makes it one of the worst science fiction movies I've ever seen, we have to talk about how bad the acting is. Joaquin Phoenix is fine, I guess. There's really not much to the character, so he can't really do anything. Uh, Fucking Mel Gibson really is at his worst. He looks confused the entire time. He doesn't know how to do a role that's boring. The other one, the little girl, is just, she's clearly too young to be in movies or maybe anything. Like, I wouldn't put her in a school play. She can't act. But the worst of the movie by far is Rory Culkin, the younger brother Macaulay. Rory Culkin is so fucking bad in this movie. And there's this thing where, like, the kids talk like adults and adults talk like kids. 
And I'm like, what the fuck am I looking at? This is so annoying. I think the oh, problem... This is the Midwest, buddy. No, actually, I think the problem is the way that it's written. Apparently, this is written for a much older performer than Mel Gibson. Apparently, uh, Clint East would turn this down. So it would make sense to have older kids say things like, uh, your children and your children's children must know where you were. And this is like, kids don't talk like that. It was really Man, stupid. That's a better movie. Yeah. I'm just thinking about it. Like, that's a way yeah, better movie. a much yeah, better movie. Yeah, probably. You know, the well, worst thing no. about this Let's is just like... go down 40 years, I guess, because the one guy said like, no. Yeah. Like, how do you go to Mel Gibson and not, like, Redford? Redford would have been great in that movie. I think they may have. I mean, I Redford's think they, great in everything. They went for a lot of older actors and everyone was turned down. So the thing about Mel Gibson is, as much as I like him normally, and as boring as he is in here, there's one thing that he's very good at in this movie, and that's the comedy. Because Mel Gibson has comedic chops. I hate to say it, he just he knows his way around humor. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's the most fun to watch, and boy is that the most stunning indictment of this movie. Uh, apparently, the... else thinking about Mel Gibson at the Laugh Factory. <laughs> I sure am. There's actually what, okay, fucking comedy. So, what it, so one of the one of the funniest scenes in the movie is when the aliens are like on the roof or something like that. Joaquin is like, "Okay, here's the plan. I'm gonna go that way. We make a ton of noise. We start yelling and cursing and everything, and we act crazy. And uh, gives like act crazy. What do you mean? I'm like, well, there you have uh, maybe some ideas about how to act crazy. It's like, you know, just like... Joker, do you have any ideas about this? And Joaquin Phoenix is, and Joaquin Phoenix is just like, yeah, just, you know, cuss a lot. And Gibbs is like, I don't cuss. I'm like, oh, we have tapes that say otherwise. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's like a five-year-old girl calling an alien the N-word. <laughs> so actually, that's one Did of the funnier... Did you call that sugar tits? What does that mean, Dad? <laughs> Anyway, so this does actually lead to one of the funnier scenes of the movie where Mel Gibson is running outside his house like, Ah! I'm mentally unstable! <laughs> <laughs> that should go on the soundboard. They actually didn't know he was recording. Yeah. <laughs> it's just tough because he's got a lot of scenes talking to that local cop and you're like, I know how this conversation really went. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cherry Jones. Not a stripper. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, science is doo-doo ass. It's also written really You know, bad, so. <laughs> it's funny. Like, 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 one last thing on science before we move on yeah, to yeah, the yeah. next movie is, like, this movie is the reason that I think of a Chekhov's gun as a pejorative. Like, it, it's a literary device that should be a positive if it's used correctly. And yet, all I can think of when I think of science is... Oh, Chekhov's water glasses. Oh, Chekhov's minor league baseball player. Like, all setting up this stupid-ass Rube Goldberg ending. I haven't seen signs in, like, 15 years, and I remember everything about that ending sequence, like, mm -hmm. scene for fucking scene. Because it's so fucking bad. The worst is that M. Night Shyamalan tried to defend it. He was like, yeah, that was a the point. These were all signs from God. He said the scariest thing about the movie is that a man could lose his faith. M. Night, as a practicing Catholic... Fuck off. Come on. That is way less scary than aliens, dude. Come on. What are you talking about? Significantly less scary. They're literally right there in your movie. I, you know what? I'm not sure because uh, we get to the Brazilian home video part, which is supposed to be one of the scariest <laughs> scenes in movie history. It's one of the most boring things I've ever seen in my life. And Joaquin Phoenix squirts his panties over it. He's like, oh! It's like, it's, it's like a regular looking alien. They look like just like every other alien you've ever seen in your life. I'm like, come on, dude. You fucking blows. That alien. Are we sure that guy didn't get hit in the head with a fastball? <laughs> I want, also want to talk about the scene where they have like the backstory. It's like he also owns the me the minor league strikeout record from a guy who's just getting no direction here. Oh, dude, Michael Showalter yeah. just showing up in that leather jacket talking about him being a yeah, okay. No, the, the, he's, not, he's not the one I want to talk about. I want to talk about that army general there. 
he he can't close his lips. He he refuses to close. He's like, I know where they're coming. They are coming for a scouting mission. You look for it. You've never looked more like John Travolta than you do right now. I want to look at the video. I'm like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like, when you're talking, they're... when you're talking, and the top half of your face isn't moving, other than your eyebrows, yeah, that's the Travolta dude. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, that guy, he's just talking like this the entire time, and he just refuses to close his lips. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with your face? So, yeah, that guy's giving perhaps the second worst performance of him behind Rory Culkin. Who, I'm sorry, kid, uh, to the torture chambers, you can't act. Um, Anyway, yeah, do not watch Signs. It is very, very bad. I think after Signs was... What, what came after Signs? Oh, The Village. Yeah. Uh, yes, sir. Hopefully not on the list. <laughs> well, it might be. It might be. I'm not going to look it up. Uh, next Signs one's... Is interesting yeah. for me because, like, everyone knows the twist. Uh, most of us, not mm-hmm. all of us, read the Maddox articles back when it came out. So uh, when wait, I came say into that it, name I was like, all right. No, I will not. <laughs> I know what I said. I'm very drunk. <laughs> but, like... You know, like, okay, I understand. This would be a dumb twist with the water. Let me watch it now as an adult. And even now, I'm like, no, you gotta do better than this, man. Yeah. Like, come on. You gotta give me something. It can't be this basic and stupid. And it is. Also, it if is. you're gonna play the killer in the movie, maybe don't say to the guy whose wife you killed it was meant to be. Like, that's not gonna make him <laughs> oh, feel <yeah>. any better. That's <laughs> just... Don't worry, God wanted this. Yeah, oh my you. God, there's aliens! Yeah, that's, that actually kind of blows chunks. <laughs> right, next one I watched was a, uh, a Hong Kong movie called The Eye. And I think, Parker, you might like this. Uh, I, I can't guarantee it, but I actually kind of thought it was all right. Uh, it's a woman who's been blind since the age of two, and she undergoes experimental uh, eye surgery in order to give her sight. And she gets sight. And uh, it's great. And then she could see dead people, which is like a different movie that I saw. And uh, she has to figure out how to solve the problems of their deaths or some shit like that. I don't know. Uh, oh, is it? There, good? There's an American remake with I think like Jessica. Alba, yeah, that's is, that's uh, the one. Spoilers. I yeah, not good. Yeah, that one's not good. This one I actually thought was alright. There was a twist that uh, I actually thought was pretty good. It wasn't like the oh, dead people who did the whole time. No, there was like a, a different twist in there that's actually really well set up. And I was like, wait, this is this is actually pretty good. Also, I'm insulting the Sixth Sense a little too much. I actually, that movie was pretty good. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, you know, the I, I kept flicking back and forth with like, is this good or is this lame? Like, it's definitely not scary enough, but like, there was a lot that was working in it. And I actually did like the, a lot of people don't like the answer. It was like, that's too ridiculous. Guys, it's not ridiculous. It actually happened. That's based on a real event that actually happened. And it makes sense in the context of the story. So, uh, I don't know. I, I think the I was good. And uh, one last thing before I pass it off to you guys. I watched another one of my assignments called Viva La Bam. Hell yes, dude. Dude, is Uncle V is Don Vito the single most gross person on the face of the earth? <laughs> he is the most vile human being. I have I've never seen, seen anyone more disgust never beheld it's, someone more disgusting in my life. It's so so I also watched the entire first season of Viva La Bam this week. So we we could just spend as much time on this as you want. Yeah. But uh um, it's funny because, like, as I mentioned to Parker at some point earlier this week, Bam Margera is, like, the biggest piece of shit alive. Yes. And yet you don't care whenever he's doing it to Don Vito because Don Vito clearly deserves it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Also, you guys said that, oh, that was the only member of his family that he liked. 
Hard to tell. <laughs> Very hard to tell. <laughs> it makes now, like his whole thing as an adult where everyone's like, yeah, you know, he just hasn't ever been the same since and Ryan died. It's like, no, he's just always been an asshole. He just had more yeah. money back then. This yeah, team fucking sucks so bad. There's a there's a time where like he's like, all right, we're going to do this new skip. Brandon Talhan goes, okay, so we're going to do, and he slaps the shit out of him. Don't ever tell him again. And I'm like, dude, if I was Brandon, I would have punched him in the head. I would have given him a concussion. Also, yeah, Brandon right. DiCamillo is like funnier than he is. Why is this a show about Brandon? Right. Also, because he doesn't have money. He's clearly both the funniest person and the least stupid person. Yeah. Both extremely low bars to clear. Yeah. However, I guarantee he was not the one that came up with digital bees. <laughs> that, that whole fucking thing. I have to admit, like, Bam's like, how the fuck is he used to read up the phone? Bam is like, because you think that Bam's the idiot. He's like, yeah, it confuses them. You have to take off your shirt. Like, I would have been like, yeah, Bam, just... that's sure it is. Here's your coloring book, you know? It's the fact that they're all so fucking dumb is what makes it work. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, the fact that Rob agrees to fucking marry a Russian mail-order bride is such an incredible bit that you could only pull on a stupid person. Yeah. Like, you have to be the dumbest motherfucker alive to play along with that. And he's just like, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah, it's, it's I don't have any funny. money. Yeah, I, I have to admit, as the series went on, it got a little too obvious when bits were being scripted. And the giveaway right. is always April. Because yeah. she's saying things, it's like, this is a TV thing, and I get it. And, like, that's always been my problem with reality TV, because so much of reality TV is scripted. And especially this. But that being said, there are certain things that aren't scripted. And it's like when Don Vito will eat a worm for $100. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about this real quick. You guys mentioned a while back that, like, Ban Margera clearly, clearly influenced a significant chunk of, like, our peers growing up. And you guys growing up. Because, like, Thank that you. was, like, Bam was, like, you, you have to watch when you're 13, you know? Because that's when you start, like, disrespecting exactly. your parents, right? I understand it. And that stands out to me because Bam is such a fucking child in this. Like, <laughs> the way, the way that, I, I, I'm a voice guy, like, noises make me laugh. I mean, like, the fart stuff I played earlier. Like, the way that, like, when Don Vito peels off his toenail. <laughs> <laughs> it is the grossest thing I've ever seen. The way that Bam says, "Ew," is, <laughs> it fucking sent me dying. It's, it it really is a show that takes you back to a different time. Like, oh, sorry, you could not make something this stupid today. Yeah, and you probably couldn't have made something this stupid ten years before it came out. It's like. This very specific moment in time, like, I distinctly remember sitting in 8th grade homeroom and having the kid next to me, who was, you know, one of these skater wannabe BAM kids, come in and be like, Hey man, if the cops come looking for us, don't say anything. We threw a cherry bomb on a porter potty outside and they're everywhere. And, like, that was just, like, what people were doing in this time. Oh, I know. It was so fucking dumb. And it's, like, so, like, you... I feel like you couldn't explain a show like Evil Love Am to somebody who's five years older than us or five years older Right, right, like, yeah. It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Like, my thing about Bam is, like, I, I'm sorry, I have to get back to the ew thing because, like, that. I remember no, kids, please. that's what kids sound like when they say ew, you know? They see something yeah. gross and they say ew and it's almost like a performative sort of way, you know? Like, trying to get people's attention. Like, remember when you were in school, like, girls would do that high-pitched scream and then, like, look around and see if people are looking at them because, like, they're doing this for attention? B Bam is holding the fucking... 
toenail with like the pliers that he pulled it off his foot with. And he's holding it up to Ryan Dunn going, Ew! <laughs> I will never forget that toenail as long as I live. Dude, no, the, the toe itself is somehow worse. <laughs> and that's not even oh, the grossest God. thing about Don Vito. Like, grosser than his pedophilia, grosser than the eye, grosser than his fat fucking neck that hangs out past his tits. The grossest thing about Don Vito is the dent. What? The back the dent, fuck? I was gonna say, the back dent is vile. Dude. It is one of the most disgusting things I've ever witnessed. <laughs> and then they get it tattooed with the heartogram. <laughs> First of all, so how happy are you that the heartogram is in your life? Now, I and wish, second. you know, that's the thing is, I have a limited vocabulary. I'm stupid as shit. That probably pushed push out a really good word. <sighs> <sighs> now I have heartogram. Can we all agree, regardless of what you think this show, that all of Don Vito's lines being subtitled is the funniest <laughs> bit you've ever seen? <laughs> I will say that he is somehow gibberish. the least comprehensible on the fucking thing. Also, they deliberately never, make someone that's gibberish, too. <laughs> I never have the slightest fucking idea what he's saying, and it makes it so much better. I, I loved it that like he would say, he would call all the members of it, you guys are mentally insane, as opposed to fucking what? Physically insane? What are you doing? You fucking idiot. Subtitling him with fake words is the funniest bit in TV's <laughs> ever done. I don't know who was doing that. I I think one of my <laughs> favorite things is try to go back. <laughs> I also like when he they go to Vegas and he gets on the the scooter and it says bored to it says Alex can you say it? I can't say it. <laughs> no, I'm gonna make you do All it. Right. He says bored to be wide. <laughs> 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 That's so much better than the Fat and the Furious, man. <laughs> I I fucking love that they make some random dude in the street race. <laughs> the guy says, uh, just so you know, I've experienced it. The guy fucking smokes him. <laughs> yeah, you guys got me a shitty scooter. And he is so furious that Rob is getting married. <laughs> dude, oh my god. Every time he gets mad about something is unbelievably good. Which is funny when you realize that he's related to Phil, who has never been mad at his life. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like the first episode is perhaps the hardest thing Bam's ever done. Make Phil mad. So he goes up the steps with a chainsaw. I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like the the first episode for me was uncensored. I could hear them saying "fuck." I was like, are they gonna oh, kill yeah. Phil? <laughs> April is April's a mixed bag because like. She's clearly acting her best, uh, but sometimes her best isn't good enough. Like, they're clearly ruining her house in several scenes, but you know she doesn't care because she has a big smile on her face, like, minutes afterwards. I do... <laughs> like, like you, you, can, you can tell that she's, like, shock value mad, but not, like, lasting mad. Right, right, right. Which yeah. is probably what you want from this. Oh, yeah, exactly. But also, like, there's certain moments that break through where you can tell that she's genuinely upset. Yeah. Like, like the, the episode where they fucking strand Bam and his friends on, on like, outside of Three Mile Island, and then the news <laughs> crew shows up at her work and shows her the footage of her house I, blowing Oh, up. I disagree. I, I, that one, to me, was very clearly faked. I thought that was, like, the fakest care. thing I've ever seen. It was too good. I did. I did like the the incredibly shitty effects. So you know, oh, the, the the shitty like two thousand three effects yeah. is what makes it so good. I, I did like that. The We're unscripted all about the was, intro, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Skateboards like that. I you know the, the one that uh, really got me when they fucking sprayed Rob himself with the with a fire extinguisher and gave him butthole eyes. <laughs> 
giant eyes for the rest of the episode. Don, you fucking dick. <laughs> uh... No, there was the other one. I, I'm sorry, I can't stop thinking about the dent. <laughs> Can you imagine being a tattoo artist and having to touch it? <laughs> Just hey, uh, do it. Hey, 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 Chris, yeah. you want to explain Compton Ass Terry to the listeners? Oh, my God. That was oh a different God, time. Now, Compton Ass Terry comes from a different time. Back when you could say that your favorite band was Turbo Negro. Uh, <laughs> Compton Ass. So much culture. The Compton asked Terry wants to get Phil some gold fronts for his family reunion and a pinky ring. He explains to them what bling bling is. Uh, they also, all the white people in the family laugh at him when his pants are around his knees. Yeah. Black people sure They're are funny. They're laughing way too hard at Compton asked yeah. Terry. Uh, Bam's trying to do like the whole act white thing and I'm like, oh, oh god, no. Uh, Compton asked Terry has a good, turns out he is straight out of Compton. So the next uh, scene in the movie is Phil can't eat for 24 hours. A lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these are a lot like uh, the the jackass things, where it's, you just say what happens in the sketch. And describing it is a lot funnier, you know. Uh, and this comes immediately after the episode where they turn everything in the house blue. It's like we would have done it if Phil didn't like blue so much. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do a surprisingly good job. Um, and then uh, they go everywhere in the in the fucking uh, state, and they just like refuse to let Phil eat. And it's like obviously that's also scripted, but it's so fucking funny, you know. And he grabs peanuts. They fucking try to order a pizza from New Jersey. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I just yeah. want to let everyone know that uh, on VH1 Celebrity Fit Club, uh, one Phil Marchero was one of the participants one season. And when they asked him why he was famous, he was like, uh, my kid plays pranks on me. And they all just stared at him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good bit. Yeah. Uh, also, here's someone I don't like. Bam's grandmother, Lady Mum Mum. She... Oh, my God. <laughs> she is... You want to talk about an authentic moment in the show? Yeah, that is... There's no acting there. She is... Fur- and you can tell that she's furious because she has to be helped to the car. Mostly because she's obese, which is uh, no surprise. You but uh, yeah, boy, she's she's on the verge of tears. This whole family's crazy. Yeah, they're also fucking rich. You think they care? Come on. I uh, I will say uh, Don Vito does look good with blue hair though. So you know, <laughs> nowhere to go but up. Yeah, oh, that's a good. Po- God, he is so fucking vile. <laughs> Tattoo pen getting stuck in the head. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Also, can we talk about what they do to April's car? Sorry, I almost felt like Bam coming. I was like, Bam, you should do it to Dave's car. I call her the purpler. <laughs> she was more concerned about uh, about fucking Dunn driving it <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> the, the funniest part about it is like it, it looked terrible. I did like Bam's line that where he was just uh, like, "Man, I'd kick my own ass if I drove this." <laughs> The fucking horde is so high-pitched. <laughs> it's fucking so, like, shrill. Oh, man. It was f- fucking awful. Uh, yeah, I, I had fun, though. Uh, that was great. I think the scavenger hunt episode is, like, the best way to close a season I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. The bloodhound gang. <laughs> There might not be a better 
uh, time capsule for the early 2000s in Viva La Bam. Yeah. I, I mean, just I was the band shocked. him alone. My God. Yeah. That guy's fucking voice. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm so happy he sounds like that. <laughs> I, I will say, like, you know, I can say, oh, you know, April's acting or whatever, but for her to go, ah, when Phil is eating maggots. <laughs> no, he's not eating maggots. <laughs> he's eating, like, bullshit. And they're just putting it in his fucking mouth. Uh, I did like that they were, like, shooting, like, fucking money on, uh... On, on yeah. Phil. And also cornflakes and honey and bacon and anchovies and money and worms and roaches and magnets. Maggots. When they tell them they're going in there to catch money and they just start shooting them with food. Dude, the best way is how they got them in there. It's like, yeah, you can have this hoagie. And there's one hoagie for the two of them. But they're just like, yo, we have to go, go in here? Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. You better not put any bullshit on me. They just put bullshit on them, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on that note, Alex, what did you watch? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take a pee break. And then yeah, I went a while well there. We'll come back and. Uh, yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Oh my god. Been here for this is one of those episodes. Uh, I mean, whose fault is it, Chris? Whose fault is it? That's what I thought, dickhead. Dude, apparently Vito told Tony Hawk no more skateboarding. <laughs> I'm looking at the season two Tony. shit here, and it just says there's something called the Slobstacle Course. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, so I, I watched the first two episodes of season two, and it's uh, it's tonally very different because they can no longer terrorize their poor suburban neighbors because they live in the middle of the fucking woods now. But uh, still uh, still got it working for it. Fed up with Vito's constant complaining, Bam and the others buy him a jar of dude eggs for him to eat. Dude, I, I when they get Tony Hawk to come skateboard in their house, it's so fucking good. Damn, that's some good weed. How come nobody told me? Born to be wide. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lord. Alex, what did you watch? Uh, so I've only got one other thing to talk about here, because I watched Batman, Viva La Bam, and this. Um, so there's a new HBO Max show this week that came out called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. <laughs> How was which, it? Uh, um, for the uninitiated, it is about the... Uh, like the 80s Showtime Lakers and like how they got their start. You've got uh you got John C. Riley there as Jerry Buss. You know, it starts with, you know, when they draft Magic Johnson, they got Kareem Abdul Jabbar on the team, so you got all these famous people. Uh still waiting to see uh Adrian Brody as Pat Riley, which I'm very excited that for. That sounds good. But, uh, yeah, right? Uh so here's the thing. It's like ninety percent really, really fucking good. Like all of the stuff that's like you know, all the period scenes, everything that's done in character is great. However, this is directed by Adam McKay, and therefore every character needs to break the fourth wall. And it sucks. And it's such a shame, because I like everything else about it. But, uh... I'm hoping I can make it through this whole first season as it comes out week to week. I don't know that I'm gonna watch it religiously, because, like... So, so for context, uh, before John C. Riley got cast as Jerry Buss, uh... It was originally Michael Shannon, and Michael oh, Shannon actually quit the project because he's like, I think this fourth wall stuff is stupid. Like, oh, shout out to Michael Shannon! Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. But uh, um, all of it works. All of the show stuff is great, and then somebody talks to the camera, and it's like, yeah, you know, I get this is you and this is your thing, but uh, you know, like, like they're they're setting the the stage like early on. So they're like going into the draft, and it's like the two top players in this draft are Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And when they're showing Larry Bird and and like describing him with whatever adjectives they use, it just like the word white keeps flashing all over the screen until it's covering it. Oh. And then when they use the words to describe Magic Johnson, they do the same thing with black. It's like, man, we fucking get it. Jeez, like, we're not oh, stupid. That sounds awful. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, but also like. It looks and sounds and feels great, other than all of the Adam McKay horseshit. So like, I'm, so I'm gonna keep watching sick of him. God yeah, damn. Me I know, too, dude. I, dude, I know. Dude, I'm so it ready sucks. for Don't Look Up to Win Best Picture. I I will go I've full joke. Started that it. show like five times. God damn. It. I almost want to bet Don't Look Up for Best Picture like 150 to one or whatever it is because you know sick value. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so mad if it wins that at least I want to benefit, but I don't think it's gonna win. I'm not I'm not that worried about it. Well, not that we care about the Oscars on the show. Well, but... I want to ask about the fourth wall breaks. Now, there's fourth wall breaks in Ame Lee and Fight Club. I thought those were really done well. Are you against fourth wall breaks entirely, or just in that show in particular? Um, so I'm against it when I feel like they're overdone. Um, and I, I like I feel like when you're watching something like this, and maybe part of that comes from knowing that Adam McKay is attached and knowing the way that he makes films. Yeah. But like, it felt very distinct because there would be like scenes where characters are talking to each other, and then like one would turn to talk to the camera, and then the other would turn to say what he thought, and it's like oh, I don't need this. Yeah, that, this is the kind so of good. thing that like you should be able to show me. It with some directors like this, it feels like a parlor trick. It feels like you don't know how to make the audience feel how you want them to feel, so you're going to tell them how to feel, and it comes off as insulting. And, I mean, I would say that a lot of the things that Adam McKay has done since he stopped making comedies have come off to the audiences as insulting, so that's not really breaking new ground, but uh, I'm not opposed to it as, like, a storytelling device. It's just, when he does it, it just sucks in a different way. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Parker, I might give it a shot. Like, it's it's good. Like, everything about it is good except for that. But if you can just, like, put blinders on for those couple scenes, you'll probably enjoy it. Okay. Because I almost started it because they've been plugging it pretty hard. If it's mostly also, good, I can get over it. There's only one episode so far, so, like, watch it and figure oh, out yeah, how you feel. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's true. Yeah. Because they're doing this every Sunday. Yeah. I'll let the season finish. Yeah. I've been that's burned fair. by HBO enough times in my life. I I feel like the quality on this isn't going to go down. I feel like I know what I'm getting in both directions. Like, I know that they they spent a lot of time and effort to get this right. And, like, I kind of have faith in them doing that, even if a lot of the other stuff is... uh not what i would do to say the least but um yeah i'll uh i'll report back probably at some point later in the season yeah. to, I, i'm not going to talk about it week by week i don't think i don't think there's any value in doing that i don't think anybody cares about this fucking basketball period piece that listens to us but uh eh, at some time between the end of the season and now i'll check in uh yeah. anyway parker what you got for us buddy all right you know what i'll be quick because i didn't really watch anything this week i will say uh so uh, we went with two friends to go see the Batman, and afterwards we came back to our place, immediately started drinking, as one does, and we noticed Scream 5 was available for rent. So I will say, we had a good time, but also, we were all drinking very heavily, because it turns out when you drink at home, it's a lot cheaper. So we were just pouring drinks. At one point, we paused the movie for like 20 minutes just to talk about work bullshit. So we all had a great time. Movie could actually be bad. Cannot make any promises to anyone. But we were drunk and loud and a lot of people died. And at one point... uh, Because you know all of them love to do their meta commentary on movies and sequels and all that. Mm -hmm. There's a specific point where uh, one of the characters mentions that uh, Stab 8 was directed by the guy that did Knives Out. And everyone hated and ruined their childhoods. And that did a lot for me because <laughs> I was actually very good. drunk that's, at that, that point. That works. That's good. <laughs> it's, it was begrudging, but I looked around and I was like, Shit. no one else. No one else is laughing, but that's fine. Oh. I'm not going to be the one to explain it. I'm not going to tell them well, if you why get everyone one, hates you know, Ryan Johnson. That's fine. That, that's good. You know, I actually uh, I, I figured out the punchline of that joke when I was watching the trailer. Damn, so. yeah. God damn, you're so fucking slick, dude. <laughs> Uh, like I, but like I said, like watch it last night. Passed me with a gun to my head. Who the killer was? I already fucking forgot their name. Doesn't matter. It was a disposable slasher movie. It was pretty fun. It was by the Ready or Not guys. So like it was entertaining to watch all the way through. Uh, solid thumbs up. Just uh, don't yell at me if it's actually bad because I cannot speak for it. Cause, you know. Because uh, it turns out drinks at the Alamo are very expensive, and just mm-hmm. buying a handle and mixing it with Coke is much cheaper afterwards. So, yeah. On to the Batman we go, my friends. Oh, I guess that's the only one. All right. Uh, okay. I mean, I watched a couple things off Shudder, but, like, it's I, I guess it's an hour in. They are... My bad. Three stars, fine. Great. Yeah. All right, so, the Batman. <laughs> so, I want to lead with this. 1992, Batman Returns comes out, and it's not tremendously well-received by critics. Kids love it because it's Batman. Who cares? But critics are like, this one's really dark. This is maybe a little too dark, especially the whole uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. Sorry, Michelle Pfeiffer is Catwoman. And uh, people are like, I don't know, Danny DeVito is really gross. (laughs) Just too dark for us. Time passes. They get campier. And then the Nolan movies come out, and oh, it's a darker, grittier Batman. Even the original 1989. one campy movie in between there and the Nolan movies. Uh, two. 
Batman, One. Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin. They're both campy. Batman Forever, I will still will maintain this worse than Batman and Robin. And I I, of course it is. Yeah. Are, there really, yeah. are there really four 90s Batman movies? Yes, sir. Well, te- uh, oh, well okay. technically three. Well, I mean, Batman is the We're counting 89 as Okay, yeah, yeah, then there are four. Absolutely. Yeah. There's three 90s kids, yeah. some of whom were born in 89. Right, yeah. Just keeping track. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, like, here's the thing. Like, the, even the original 89 version was like, this is a darker and grittier Batman because before that, it was like the Adam West stuff. We're like, oh, okay. Then time passes. The Nolan movies come out. Oh, it's darker, grittier, more grounded in reality. And now this one, which is the darkest, the grittiest, and the most grounded in reality. And uh, to that end, I liked it for the most part. Uh, I especially like, can, if I just want to talk about my favorite, I don't think we have to go in order scene by scene here. Because the movie's very, very long, and I don't think we have to do that. I think we just pick out certain yeah, certain things. Long... Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. Here's something that's worth commenting on. I want to talk it's about the best of part detective of work. Movie. We don't have to go, and then in this scene, yeah. they look at right, right, movie. exactly. And then th- he does this, he does that. I mean, we're going to probably bounce around. I think we're we're good enough at doing that, right? I want to talk about my favorite part of this movie: that car. Holy shit! I fucking oh love I... that car. As someone who is not a car guy. When that's the sound of it just starting up and everyone's looking, you're like, "Wait, is that is that sound in the movie? It's not the score." <laughs> and then it just fucking blasts off like Jimmy Neutron. Like, <laughs> like as someone who is does not care about the Batmobile, like let's be real, like you only care about the Batmobile if you're a kid buying the toy. Like, oh yeah, exactly. Don't care what it looks like. It's never gonna look as cool as the cartoon version. Could not care less. As soon as that bad boy revved up. I was a five-year-old all over again. Wanting to I buy genuinely car thought it was like on my carpet. I actually think that there is a benefit to the fact that it's just a muscle car that's like really tricked out because this is the most attainable Batmobile. Like all the other ones, they just like look ridiculous. You can't drive that down the street; it's impossible. It's like you can't ever build that. It's like it doesn't look like that. Even the the tumbler from The Dark Knight. That's it's just a tank, you know? You know, you're not gonna come on, yeah. it's just ridiculous. This one is just like a muscle car. And I, I went out, I looked at my Mustang, and I was like, you know, I have some disposable income, you know. I can put some NOS on the back and just get so... it looks like... <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, do your thing. Do your thing. I was gonna say it looks like Johnny Knoxville is about to rent it and take it to a destruction turf. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think like bigger picture on that thing like not to jump too far ahead because that's not really what i'm doing here but i Uh think the thing that makes this movie work as well as it does and i do think that 90 percent of this movie works incredibly well Uh is how tactile this movie is how this actually feels like it's like a rich guy vigilante that's fighting crime and and it's it's stuff like the car it's stuff like the bat cave being a bunch of abandoned subway tunnels which you guys probably know more about Batman than I do, but, like, has any other Batman done that? Because that feels like a layup. It's... And, like, I was surprised to say that I hadn't seen that before. It, it feels like something Frank Miller would have done if he had shown the Batcave. Like, he never really felt the need to show, like, the giant okay. penny and anything like that. This is... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, that, like, like the, even the scene where he's jumping off the police precinct mm-hmm. and he has to, like, zip up the bat suit and he's, like, up there for a while putting it on, it's, like... Yeah, this this is what makes this character cool because mm-hmm. he's just a guy. Yes, I, like, I mean, the, and he fucks up later on, and he says at the beginning of the movie he spent two years in the shadows. This is essentially Batman Year Two, and it makes sense. It actually continues right off of the events of the Long Halloween Year One stuff like that, it, and it works wonderfully as far as I'm concerned. 
I uh, cannot it, believe we it, didn't see his parents die in a three-hour movie. I was I'm so happy. Was so guys, so yeah, I do. I know if we had seen the fucking pearls dropping, Alex would have been like zero out of ten. Let's just talk about Viva Bam. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. and also fair. Actually, you know that's the thing is they could have shown like Martha. They could have like zoomed in on her neck. You would have seen like the pearls and everything. We're like, we know. Uh, but like. Just to hear yeah. the first four notes of Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, instead we hear the first four notes of Ave Maria constantly. Jesus. Anyway, so, one of the, speaking about how tactile looks, when you say darkest and grittiest, not only is it darkest in terms of, like, uh, lighting, uh, it was so dark I could barely see what was going on half the time, uh, but it's also, you, Alex, you mentioned something, I think, like, last year, maybe even two years ago, that... One of the movies that you like, and I think we all like on this podcast, is the sort of vibe where you have a burning trash can. And this is the most, like, burning trash can sort of movie, you know? It really feels like that, like, desolate, uh, pre-apocalypse New York, you know? And I love that look and feel of the city. And the benefit of the long runtime is that the city itself feels like the character. I don't care about the other characters, most of whom are Italian. I feel about Gotham itself is the character, and I'm learning more about Gotham, and it has this characterization in words that you, you don't even put it into words. You know, you just, it has this personality to it. And I love that. I haven't felt that way about a city since Silent Hill, and where the, that's the villain of the story. Like, that's actually kind of interesting. That's actually kind of cool. And that's a bingo. They, there you go. It yeah. Is. <laughs> What, you didn't, say, in the, you didn't like, say that in the Christoph Waltz voice, though. <laughs> wasn't it amazing that, like, two scenes in, you were sitting in the theater going, like, oh, these can be real movies. That's right. I almost mm-hmm. forgot. It was I, a lot I, of fun. So, it's funny, because, like, I the reason that I committed to seeing this as early as I did is because, like, I felt like this was going to be a real movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I felt like I was in good hands going in, which is not something that I have felt probably ever about any sort of superhero movie. I just, I normally, I expect they're going to fuck it up in ways that bother me specifically more than other people. But yeah, like like Chris said, with it being like a burning trash can movie, I think the adjective that I would use to describe like 98% of this movie is timeless. Like, mm, yes. This movie, this movie feels ripped out of 2005 in so many ways to me, other than there being smartphones that exist. Yeah, like, so yeah. much of the way it looks and the way it sounds and the way it feels feels like it's from a time period 15, 20 years ago. But also, if you told me that this came out in 2045 and they just, like, dropped it in the time capsule back for us, I would also believe that. See, because there are very, very few indicators of when this takes place yeah. in a good way. Now, that's the thing that Batman does. That's when Batman is at his best, is when you can put it in any sort of time period. This is why I really like the animated series. Because you watch the animated series, you could say this takes place in the 1930s, or you could say it takes place in the 1990s. Either one works, and you can't really figure it out, and that's the fun of it. I will say, yeah, the smartphones and also the uh, the technology for the contact lenses was uh, a little bit more advanced than the 1940s would allow. <laughs> But it's 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 still interesting enough, and it, we're not going back that far. Obviously, you could be like, oh, okay, twenty forty five, you know, sure, fine, whatever. And I, and it looks good, and also from like the way the movie looks standpoint, which I think is what you're getting at, is the way it looks is that could fit anywhere, and I really like that about it. Uh, something else that I liked: uh, the anti-Italian bias of this movie. Thank God, Absolutely. finally kicking people. Thank you. <laughs> when it comes to the look of a movie, I like. Shadows and I like deep reds, and your yes. boy was in hog heaven for three hours. Yeah, look, boy. we uh, we had a uh, like a fifteen minute discussion after a couple of us saw this at, about uh, 
how it really sucks that uh, smoking's not a thing anymore because we're gonna lose like emphysema voice New York guy as a voice actor in movies mm-hmm. like this. Like, you need a guy that sounds like he's choking whenever he talks for me to believe it's real New York or fake New York. And if we, like, really crack down on cigarettes the way we have been, we're just not going to have that guy anymore. And that sucks. How are we going to explain so that to our children? what I'm saying is, kids, start smoking. Yes. Our, <laughs> I this podcast endorses pack. smoking. Uh, also, I kind of like about When I talk about, you know, the way that realism happens, uh, one of the things I like about the Nolan movies is that they were so realistic that superpowers don't, don't really exist there. These are just regular people. This is why you can't have Poison Ivy, because you can't have someone who just controls plants. It's just, that's not possible. It breaks your sense of reality, and, you know, you can't really watch it. And in this one, the penguin doesn't even have any deformities. He's just some ugly guy. <laughs> and I kind of like Which that. look. It was a great Colin Farrell performance, but also, you could have just gotten a fat guy. You could have, like yeah, sure, but I, this was a pretty decent performance. Also, yeah, actually, you know what, you could have saved some money. <laughs> you could have saved <laughs> you enough money for Colin another Farrell wig for, for Zoe. <laughs> Speaking of Zoe, yeah. it's, fu- it, it's funny because, like, the first, like, three Penguin scenes, I was like, why is this not Buscemi? This should be Buscemi. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Why is it not yeah. Buscemi? And then, like, by the sixth Penguin scene, I was like, nah, never mind, I'm wrong. It's, it's okay, yeah. <laughs> I, you're right, movie, I'm wrong, yeah. my bad. So, uh, Zoe Kravitz. I thought Zoe Kravitz did a much better job than I anticipated because, like, I've read a lot of... Uh, I mean, I haven't read a lot of Catwoman stories. I don't think I've read a single Catwoman comic. But I've seen Catwoman in the original, like, 1966 series, and all she did was make cat puns the whole time, which is really annoying. She sounds like Bubsy the whole time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And I saw her in Batman Returns, a Michelle Pfeiffer thing, and I really like her in that, but that's it's a little too extreme, it's a little too, I guess, depressing. I saw her in the Halle Berry version. Uh, oh. I also saw her portrayed by Adrian <laughs> Barbeau in the cartoon. And the Adrian Barbeau version in the cartoon is it kind of reminds me of the, uh, the one in Dark Knight Rises, where it's a little too focused on the seduction element of it, and, like, I get it. But it's always been, like, a little too horny of a character for me. It's like, I get that there's sexuality in Batman, and if you take it out, it's not as much fun. But, like, it was a little too much where, like, all she ever does is talk like this. Maybe you and I could uh, have a litter ourselves. Bats don't have litters. <laughs> fuck me. Uh, you know? <laughs> please. Please fuck me, Batsy. <laughs> like, just, I, I don't, I, I didn't want Zoe Kravitz to do that the entire movie, and to this movie's credit, she doesn't, she's a character, she has her own thoughts, feelings, opinions, she has her own desires, she has her own way of handling crime, she has her own things she wants to investigate, she has her own methods, you know, and Zoe Kravitz, one of the things she does spectacularly well in this, I still haven't seen Kimmy, I need to do that, is she feels like a very real human being, and I like that a lot, you know, and she doesn't have, like, I also also liked a lot the fact that she doesn't have, like, super cat agility or anything like that. When she gets into a fight with Batman, it is immediately clear, she's not going to win this one. He is Batman. (laughs) You can do all your little flips and kicks and everything, but he is bigger and stronger than you, and you're not going to win that thing, because otherwise it it feels a little silly. I like that they put the claws in, though. I thought that was a great idea. Uh... And I like the, the only reason that she's called Catwoman is, besides the fact that she's wearing a cat suit, is she happens to like stray cats. It, it just happens to be a thing. She doesn't even play it. She only mentions it in passing at the end, the bat and the cat. That's all that you need. And I like that because it would have been a little too ridiculous to hear Robert Pattinson say, Catwoman, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, what do you guys think of Robert Pattinson in this movie? 
My sweet, sweet little incel boy. <laughs> I would do anything for him. Hey, uh, hey, Chris, you remember when you were talking about needing an anime to watch earlier and I told you to wait till the Batman second? Let's hear it. Cool. Robert Pattinson's just the guy from the Big O in this. From the, the whole movie. From the what? God. Literally the whole movie. The, That's oh, just you, what, what's it called? You'll like the Big O a whole lot. The Big O. The first okay. season, at least. Big, big O. Okay, big, big O, o. yeah. Okay. Big O's real good. So this is uh, where I give things away. Vanessa did not like this movie at all. She really, really disliked it. Uh, to be fair, she wasn't feeling well the entire movie, so um, I maybe that can that can call your experience. To be trapped in, if you're especially not yeah, she didn't want to leave here, but she thought the performances in particular were quite bad. She really hated Robert Pattinson's performance, which uh, I I have to admit I, I don't quite understand. I, I thought he was at at worst. I thought he was okay in this. I didn't think he was spectacular, but like. I watched it, I was like, yeah, that's fine, that's good enough, that's Batman, you know? Which, me, uh, me, my, my bar is like pretty this. low now, because I've seen Ben Affleck. <laughs> well, I mean, my bar is pretty low, because I've seen Christian Bale. But, uh... He's I, not wrong. I, yeah. it's, he's not good. Yeah. He's not, I'm sorry. Like, I, 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 I think he's another one where... I, he's not one I just think he's, like, sufficient... Actually, you know what I think about? It? Yeah, Robert Pattinson is fair, but I also don't have anything really against Christian Bale. Go ahead, you were going to say something. I mean, I mean, if you had told me before this movie to rank like I don't the actors do as 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 both like Batman and as Bruce Wayne, yeah. I would have said Clooney was the best Wayne and Kilmer was the best Batman, and I I didn't feel like Bale came close on either front. But that's ne- neither here nor there. Yes. Um, I forgot what I was talking Sorry. about. Sorry, um, Kevin Conroy's best. Leave me back. <laughs> uh, Robert Pattinson oh, um, is Batman. Right. Yeah. Um. So to circle back to what I said about this movie feeling like it was ripped out of 2005 to me I think if this were like a more modern looking movie I would have hated Pattinson's performance but it felt period relevant to me which is so weird after I just said that this movie didn't feel like it had a period but I feel like everything in the way that people looked and acted in this Gotham was like very consistent Mm -hmm. and I liked his performance within like the greater structure of it I don't think it's like you know some mind-blowing performance like holy shit I didn't know you could do Batman like that right yeah I just think it fits with everything that we've got in front of us and I think it would be really out of place in any other Batman movie but that doesn't fucking matter because in this movie it works really well and I am very excited to see if slash when they make a sequel to this because if he's gonna keep doing this it's gonna be good yeah and i'm gonna enjoy as it. long as it's also but the, that's the thing about keeping period appropriate i want the same director i want the same production designer i want it to basically look the same because he fits this world so well you know uh, i i, I want to get to something that both she and i really disliked um and i think this might be an unpopular opinion here maybe that Catwoman I, was black finally you're saying it no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I Give me your thoughts on this. I thought Paul Dano as the Riddler turned in a very, very bad performance. Now, I like Paul Dano a lot. I love him in There Will Be Blood. I love him in Swiss Army Man. I love him in Love and Mercy. He is a very, very good actor. But he, I don't know what about it wasn't working in this. I mean, besides the autistic freakout that he has in his Arkham cell, which, I'm sorry, that's just yeah. embarrassing. The other uh... thing... I mean, I that's what I imagine okay. most of these criminally online people would act like in real yeah, life. Yeah, maybe, but like the other one, that, yeah. I'll, I'll go somewhere else with this. The one that really drove it home for me and almost broke the movie for me was all those little like home movie hostage tapes that he films. 
that really felt like a ripoff of the Joker home movie hostage scenes from The Dark Knight, which were done so much better. And all the stupid giggling and shit that he does, it was so fucking I did think about those scenes. Yeah. But also, like, if it's supposed to be present day or present day-ish, like... Well, yeah, of course it'd be online. Why no, he, I get it. Why it, wouldn't he record it? Here, I, I will say, like, side problems. Like, if I, I've worked in journalism before. You don't play that onto the news, guys, okay? You don't You don't put that out there. <laughs> hey, guys, this is a little disturbing inside a giant saw trap with rats in your yeah, face. Yeah, you don't You don't put that on TV. I'm sorry, you said that Can to the cops. you give me a fucking three Mississippi to take the kids out of yeah, the room? Yeah, you don't fucking Christ. do that, all right? Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I didn't like Paul Dano's performance. It didn't work for me. I will say he looks the part. He pulls off the look spectacularly. Not the green bastard suit, but, like, just his face with the glasses and everything. He looks like he's probably, like, skinned couple people alive but all right so this would be my counterpoint to that uh every scene where he's in costume don't care doesn't matter who it is it was like i it's i go ahead sorry sorry i didn't mean to throw that out there oh no 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 i didn't take it that way at all um like like every scene where he's in costume just doing his stupid voice Mm -hmm. like and we see him in snippets and like video clips and stuff it's like that's all I should be seeing. Mm-hmm. I don't need characterization in those scenes. It could have been literally anybody in that suit for those scenes, and it doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Because that is those are just scenes that exist to advance the plot. Yeah. I'm not thinking about the Riddler. I don't care about his motivation. You haven't given me that, and I expect that if you're making a good movie, that's going to come to me later. And it does in that Arkham scene, which I think is... I'm not going to say it's the best scene in the movie because that nightclub fight scene is unbelievable. And, like, I don't want to jump around and go out of order. I do. Unless we want to just do that. <laughs> yeah, unless we just want to riff on Batman. Yeah, but, yeah uh, sure. That's, that's like... exactly what I want. I don't want right. to go in order. So, okay. Well, let me ask you guys this. Okay. Because I had a conversation with a friend of mine about that scene. And we both had, like, very, very different takeaways. In that scene, does he know that Batman is Bruce Wayne? No. I, think I it was thought I didn't. I thought he did in the I, moment, but I I thought about what it I later. Thought. He did not know that. So I thought that the reason that that scene worked so well is because it builds you and builds you and builds you. Like I know, I know, I know, and then he reveals his cards that he doesn't actually know, and it's like, oh, so you're projecting all of this shit onto Batman, not Batman and Bruce Wayne. That makes this whole thing work so much better. And I talked to somebody else who was like, yeah, he knew the whole time. And when I told him this, he's like, oh, fuck, maybe I was wrong. But, like, I haven't had that conversation with a lot of people that I haven't, like, drawn it out of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to me, I felt like it was really obvious that he did not know who Batman was in that Yeah, movie. so no, that's a, was a good misdirect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a misdirect. It seems like when he keeps saying Bruce Wayne, you're like, oh, he's going to say, and now all of Gotham will know. I kept thinking that they, they were going <laughs> to oh. do that, you know. Sorry, God. This, Parker, this is why Chris didn't like the scene. Because uh, uh-huh. you know what that scene reminded him of? What's that? Spring break. Oh, Spring yeah, you're right. Break. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> Spring break. Spring break. Banging his head in the wall. <laughs> I think if he knew it was Bruce, he would have. He would have made a whole thing of like, ah, now Bruce Wayne is dead. Now you're just Batman. We can be vengeance forever. He would exactly. have really yeah, tripled I, down. Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. Like, it would have been a little too much there. I, I felt like it was coming, but it was well, also like it was a little too early, you know? But that's like, I think that like the autistic freakout is kind of like in service of that, right? Because like somebody could watch yeah. that scene and think that he knew. Like, 
that person's wrong, but they could think that. Yeah, I no, I get yes. it. I, I I do get it. And there's a lot of things where there are some misdirects during the movie that work out well. Um, I I did like that a lot of. I almost had that moment in the movie where we we're just like rat. That could mean stool pitch. I'm like, yeah, they're synonyms on the no, street. Doesn't. That's what they're that's what they're doing here. And then there was like their different ways of solving the riddle. And I have to admit, as far as like riddles go in this one, they actually did a really good job of it. I, I do like that. And, uh, like, not not for me. I, I guess them all from the Oh well, except for you. Okay, so this does actually lead to one of the things I loved about the movie. The world's greatest detective is finally portrayed as a detective. He does detective work in the movie. That's all I've ever really wanted. I've been you know? waiting my whole goddamn adult <laughs> life. It's like, because, like, no, don't get me wrong here. I love it when he punches bad guys in the face. That's really cool. I like it when he takes a shotgun blast to the chest and survives. That's really, I love that car. I came 20 times. But to see him actually sit down and try to figure stuff out how this happens, like, there's a scene really early on really early on in the movie where it's just it's Halloween in Gotham and everyone's dressed up and it's raining there's umbrellas and everything and you look down and there's so many people and you realize god damn his job has got to be so fucking hard and he even says I can't be everywhere at once I can't do everything I, I love that I, I, I really do so good. yeah exactly that it, opening it, it scene like that's how I knew Amelia was watching a real movie when you that know? politician is just like pacing in his apartment and you just see those two eyes in the background and you're like Oh, yeah. this is a movie. She cool. jumped. Yeah. Oh, you get it. Cool. She jumped yeah. so yeah. hard for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you mentioned detective work, this is this was early on. This is how I knew, like, okay, yeah. I love this movie. Yeah. It was so he. They've been going over the cipher a little bit that first one they got, mm-hmm. and it's the next morning. It's the scene where he comes out, sees the sun, and just immediately puts on sunglasses, which I felt deep in my bones. exactly. Yeah, it's the overnight guy. <laughs> And he's talking to Alfred about it, and the other lady comes in, she's like, Master Wayne, the board is here! He's like, oh, we have to keep up appearances. And then just jump cuts to them in the Batcave doing the cipher again. I was like, yes. Yeah, thank you. Right, in exactly. my veins, like, hey, you gotta be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, cool. Alright, we'll just skip all that. So back to decoding the mystery to find the murderer. Like, exactly. They, so much I could cry. I'm so happy. There is so little Bruce Wayne in this movie. In fact, one of the things that I actually kind of like about this is... So many comics, movies, TV shows, etc. have said that his real identity is Bruce, is not Bruce Wayne, it's Batman. When he thinks about himself, he calls himself Batman. He doesn't call himself Bruce Wayne. And this movie uh, adjusts for it by having very few Bruce Wayne scenes. And that's good, because I don't really want to see Bruce Wayne. He doesn't punch people in the face. Batman does. <laughs> that's cool. So to tag on to that, That's why I think he has a good performance, because... Every time he's Bruce Wayne, he looks so uncomfortable in his own skin. That's a good point. That's a really like he good has point. no business being there, has no idea what he's supposed to do. Looks like his mom just dressed him up for the fucking school <laughs> dance. Like yeah. looks miserable every time he's not dressed as Batman. Oh which yeah, is absolutely. A detail that I love. Yeah. It, and it's it's a really good point because like Bruce Wayne being the super suave cool guy and also the vigilante crime fighter, like, it doesn't add up. He doesn't have the hyperbolic time chamber. He can't just, like, work out all of these skills at once. Like, it makes sense that to do one well, he has to be bad at the other Yeah, one. exactly. And I I really, really like that. That's, it kind of yeah, reminds like me of... for a couple sorry. decades, he figures yeah. it out, but he's just a not fucking, old. like, yeah. 20-something year old. He's been doing it for two years. He just doesn't care about this stupid company. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the I things that... No, 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 I want you to bulldoze me. I want you to talk more than I do. Uh, that re- kind of reminds me of year one. He's just not around when he's Bruce Wayne. He's just very barely making public appearances. And that means that when he does show up, it's a big fucking deal. 
That, so, like, when he shows... It's not like like the Donald Trump's like, like, oh, Donald Trump's going to be here. It's like, whoa, you never see this guy. Finally, the reclusive billionaire is out again, right? And that's a good thing. Like, we get to see him, like, when he shows up at that club, they're just like, holy shit, no, 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 come on. Dude, it's seriously, it's Bruce Wayne. He's here. Holy shit. Or when he shows up at the funeral, it is a big fucking deal. It's a very cute cat, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to come visit the place. I was talking about Zoe Kravitz, so... Whatever. <laughs> I, I thought Zoe did a good job again. Uh, I liked all the different wigs. Like, should we talk about the fact that this movie mentions white privilege? <laughs> so, this is like the thing other than smartphones. He just got that, like, so much louder. Parker, what the fuck? Did I really? You did. Oh, wow. I didn't do it. Hold on. Did what? Hold on. Yeah. Uh, my recording is still the same for what it's worth. Okay, we'll just so, say it. All right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. It might be the camera. I'm going to turn the camera off and see if that fixes it. That's because the camera might have like switched to my own. Oh my camera. god! Yeah, you're now you're normal. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. No, that was it. Uh, and I can see oh, the Pepe okay, flying yeah. when I talk. So uh, sorry. Getting back to the white privilege thing. So I look at him go. Yeah, yeah. I've been that whole time. I've just oh. been watching. I had to hold back from laughing. We were telling me that that yeah. autistic freak out was actually good. Anyway, so yeah. the where was I going with this? Fuck. Oh yeah, the white privilege the white thing. Privilege so thing. I actually heard yeah. it as white comma privileged. Which uh, is not tremendously different from white privilege, but like I didn't hear anyone in the theater groan besides me. So well, like, <laughs> if you were in Gotham, you would fucking hate Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, especially Everyone in the context of this, this little rich yeah. kid. Fuck especially him. in the context of this movie. Now, I do understand what Paul Dano's character was saying. It'd be like, that's not an orphan. An orphan is like living over here. But like, you're still, the, you know, still deprived of love. You know, it's still, still a very sad thing to do. I understand uh, he had it. Sorry that Bruce Wayne wasn't one of the starving kids in Africa. But uh, <laughs> want to say that one again? Yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> no, I got it. We're good. All right, yeah. I have to say um, again, I'm no, uh, I love so much that the Riddler thought Batman was helping him the entire movie. That was such a good reveal. Yeah, like, that, was, that was good. Well, we got this. He's like, "What are you fucking talking about, weirdo?" <laughs> Yeah, we've got. Uh, he did say, you know, the the implicit line like, "We've got front row tickets to the show." I do like at the end where he's watching it. I for a little bit I didn't know what the Riddler's plan exactly was, and he's just watching all the flooding and people are cleaning up and surviving. He's like, "No!" And it's just like, "Well, the city's still flooded. You're still gonna have a sequel where Jason Mimosa comes yeah. in as Aquaman to clean it up." <laughs> you know. Oh. Uh, also, I Man, boy, that DC in twenty twenty two trailer was the most ominous thing I've seen all year. Right? Yeah, dude. I was like, <laughs> no, this better not be real. You know, that was the thing where like it's be almost a meme of like, oh yeah, the next Batman movie's got to be dark and gritty. But like, you know what? We can have one because if it's gonna be like this, I don't Black mind. Black Adam I mean, I like and good. the Flash yeah, like... and Aquaman. Like, we can have the one gritty hero. We don't. It's it's yeah. fine. I mean, yeah, see, cool. That and gold what's, suit. What's... Jesus. Yeah. What's the next superhero movie have coming out? The one where Dwayne the Rock Johnson voices a dog? Like, no, no, no dude. I, next I, one's the the Sam Raimi one. The, the, there's Doctor. Oh no, no. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. The next one is Morbius. Oh right, yeah. Oh, future episode. <laughs> Maybe we are there for that yeah. shit. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but to to cycle back to what I was saying before, we were rudely interrupted by my cat. Mm. Um, uh, the white privilege line. Like, there's... Okay, so my my take on this movie mm-hmm. overall, which obviously we haven't gotten to, like, how we feel about things in general, although we're obviously all pretty positive, yes. is, like, I loved the first 160 minutes of this movie, and, like, everything from the incel uprising on, I think, sucks. Like, I think it's just, like, actually actively shitty. However, 
it's shitty in like the funniest ways imaginable and to harken back to the white privilege line it feels so out of place in this movie despite the fact that it being a very natural thing for all of the characters involved in the scene to like say and experience like this movie feels timeless and then you throw like a couple of time bombs in that's there, and point. that's one of that's them. That's a very good point. That is like that right there is exhibit A of this movie came out in 2022, and I don't have a problem with it. I wasn't bothered by it in the moment. I was like, that's kind of tonally jarring, but like when you start getting into like Batman helping the first responders and like the mayor giving her speech about trusting our institutions and stuff, it's like, oh. Whoever whoever it was that tweeted about, like, them filming this movie and then reading somebody's tweet about, like, how Batman doesn't check his privilege enough and adding, like, four more scenes to it because of that kind of nailed it. Because that's, like, kind of how this movie is. And, like, again, this is not criticism of the ideas being, like, spoken to power in this movie. It's... Criticism of black people. That this... I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, it's literally impossible to criticize black people when this is the best Commissioner Gordon we've ever had by, like, a country mile. Really? Like, you absolutely think? incredible performance. It's insane I, I, that, I think like, he's the best part of this movie. Yeah. You don't even register like, that, like, oh, there's a black guy playing him. You just see a cop with, like, a shitty jacket on and a mustache. Like, oh, cool, it's Jim Gordon. See, that's the thing. <laughs> is yeah. Commissioner Gordon does matter. not have to be white. He needs two things. He needs integrity and he needs a mustache. That's these are the yeah, requirements. He's the got character. both of those, and, so, and it's. I, I think that's an incredible. So thing. here's like, the thing. I, I, I wasn't trying. Oh, I, <laughs> I wasn't trying to derail on. Uh, let me. Let me just. God, let me tie yeah. tie this. Yeah, point yeah. Um. Again, like like, as I said before, there's not a lot of evidence that this takes place in this current year, and so for that reason, this was jarring to me, especially the stuff with the mayor, and I think the stuff with the mayor is like. They expected the audience to give a shit about the mayor, and they didn't earn that. In this three-hour movie, this was, like, a character that never got enough screen time for you to do anything with. Yeah, and I like, give a shit about her. Yeah, but clearly you're supposed to. And I think that's where the disconnect is for me. Because, like, if... It goes a step further than that. Because, like, we have all of this background plot about how, like, Thomas Wayne, like, oh, he actually wasn't this good guy. And actually, like, all of his recovery plan funds got corrupted and everything's actually bad. But this is the good mayor. And we're not going to show you evidence of that. But she's just good. Yeah, you, yeah, that is a good point. They didn't really that, flesh out the that character. That is what ruins it. But it would yeah. also make that a three-hour movie. You know, if they put in all exactly. the special stuff. And also, I kind of feel like maybe, I guess the solution is don't have this character. It's either don't have this character or just commit to it and make it make it a three yeah. hour forty minute. Yeah, movie. that's a good point. Like you can you can do both and they're both fine. Yeah. Like or you just make it movie... Harvey Dent and we can fucking move on. Also, yeah, do that. We Harvey can fill Dent. it in ourselves. Yeah, Harvey we'll Dent was shot. Is he dead? Oh, he can't do Harvey Dent because it's year two. So I, I think in like the timeline of the thing is Harvey Dent is two phases. We're gonna this reboot point. this universe in three years anyway. Uh, that's, uh, that's a good like, point. Like I, I don't I don't care about the timeline or the continuity. What I care about is that like all of the for lack of a better way to describe it, political ideology of this movie, and I'm doing air quotes that you can't see because I turned the camera off so you can watch the Pepe. Thank but, you. Uh, this is not all Joker. Of it is tied to All of it is tied to this character of the mayor, 
And for you to buy into any of that, it's it involves like, hey, just trust us, this is the good one. And they don't even try to demonstrate that. We get one scene with her and Batman together, and it's like, hey, I want to talk to you. You seem like somebody that's worth talking to. All right, goodbye, I gotta go do Batman stuff now. Like, there's... It's not earned at all, and everything else in this movie is earned. Yeah. And that's why all of that stuff seems out of place. So I also... And it sucks... Yeah. Because, like, look, people are going to look at this and go, like, oh, Batman and politics, you know, like, you can't mix those things. Or other people are going to look at it and go, oh, well, Batman said some of the cops weren't corrupt, so that sucks. And, oh, but like, is that the Twitter the thing that I, that I avoided? Yeah, yeah, that's the one you wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, well, yeah they're, I really, they're very, I... very mad on Twitter about the scene where... Uh, where fucking the bad guy walks out of the of his underground bunker and goes, ah, the cops, I own you guys, and they go, not all of us. Like that's they're, what they're, they're mad about. That was a real. Uh, Apparently, that's copaganda. Copaganda, great. Well, uh, I I yeah. did guess initially that people were complaining that Batman was not gay enough in this. Although the third most liked review of this movie on Letterboxd is gayest Batman ever. So uh, that is about patently me. false. Yeah, I mean, I did not see a single dick or balls under a skin tight. I didn't see any bat nipples in this one. Sorry, it's not even oh, close. My so I want to talk about Jeffrey Wright here. As far as performances go, I have to admit I do kind of lean towards Bob Hastings. I think he does the best performance of the character, and I even like uh, Gary Oldman as a, as. I as loved as Gary Oldman. So here's I wasn't the thing: expecting it to like anybody I'm, more than Gary I'm not Oldman. talking about performance here. I think the character of James Gordon this one is and I think that's distinct from performance because like a performance is like just the way that the actor does these sorts of things but this character is so much more active in the roles I have to admit you know Commissioner Gordon doesn't do quite as much in the Dark Knight trilogy as he does in this one you know he's really really involved he is in there in the store he's literally in the back of the paddy wagon when the fucking Joker attacks it is like, he really hiding under one of the suits oh, it's, been a, yeah. it's been a while he literally gets an action scene where he cocks a shotgun dude. yeah but it's still he does a whole lot in this one he's like one of the really central characters here I think Jeffrey Wright does a lot more in this movie than Gary Oldman does and I'm not going to look up the Dark Knight to uh, to verify that or anything although I have been looking for an excuse to rewatch that movie because it is quite good anyway uh jerry wright does do a very good job but i have to admit i do like bob hastings and gary oldman maybe a little bit more uh but yeah jeffrey wright's certainly very good i like jeffrey wright in almost everything i see him in uh as for <laughs> falcone he's just so italian that i can't get past it i can't say whether it was good I or bad <laughs> i didn't realize i was gonna get john turturro in this movie yeah he's very <laughs> he's deterring his way through this <laughs> Every line, yeah, it sounds like he's falling asleep. It made me so happy. I really thought he was gonna—he's gonna tell the Russian lady to sleep with the fishes. Although it was funny that he has that whole scene where he tells Bruce about his dad, and then one scene later he just goes to the Alfred. Alfred's like, "What? No, it's not about that." Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, you're like, damn, three hours decided not to look into it. Also, the world's starting to feel less runtime a little bit here. All of a sudden. Also, can, can we no. talk about whichever Skarsgård that was? Is Alfred? It was Peter. It was Peter Skarsgård. <laughs> it was not Alfred. Sure. It was also not Alfred. Uh, that was. Uh, you should recognize him. Well, I guess not. It's the guy who. What's his name? The guy who played a Smeagol or Gollum and also King Kong and the. Director Richard. of One Venom 2. Let the oh, right. Gosh. Yeah. Fucking. What's his name again? Andy Circus. That was Andy Circus's Alfred. Yeti. Yeah. Who does Peter? Who's sure. Peter's? I thought that was one of the Skarsgård. No, no, no. I, one of it was Zeta Circus. Least Alfred in any of these movies ever, right? Like yeah, so, I, which again, so that's fine. That, 
that was the only thing that I missed about the Nolan trilogy that I was watching. Because, you know, that, those are movies that are, like, pretty ingrained in our consciousness oh, yeah. as people that... W- we've probably all seen each of those movies at least twice mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. All, all three oh, yeah. of us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I miss Michael Caine here. That was the only thing from those movies oh, I missed. You know, Michael Caine is a great Alfred. Yeah. yeah he he yeah. was great. Well, I mean, we've had so many great Alfreds over the years. Even the guy from the 90s Batmans was pretty good. Like he was, That was like the saddest part of the uh, Batman and Robin. It's like, man, I'm going to miss that guy. Michael Caine is really good. Uh, even the guy from the animated series is really good. Andy Serkis, this is again where like performance versus character. I like the character. I like the fact that he's getting like actively involved here. I, I think that's really good. As far as performances go, look, I love Andy Serkis, but I think he's a far more uh, suited towards like wearing that suit with all the dots on it than he is just actually playing a guy. You know, as far as acting goes, I'm like, eh, you know, uh, who's who else played uh, that? Yeah. Jeremy Irons in the uh, Justice League. <laughs> I thought he was he's actually good. really good in that too. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, actually, really he's actually the best part of those movies. <laughs> it's like, well, uh, you did those monkey movies with me, and you've got a British accent. You want to be Alfred? Yeah. Right! Okay, yeah, tone it down. <laughs> had nothing to do, which I guess that's the most you've seen like them actually build their relationship. But like, yeah, they'd probably be a little bit estranged at first. Well, with everything that's happened mm-hmm. and the one person he's taken care of becoming a weirdo little emo night boy who fights crime. Like, yeah, there's probably... Probably not all buddy buddy. It's gonna take some warming up to it. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, we'll see. As far as like the ending sequence, which uh, Alex really disliked... I can't say that I liked it. I don't know that it goes so far as to say that I disliked it. I I did think it was kind of silly to be like, what, he's got followers now? The Riddler's got friends? He doesn't look like a guy. Okay, first of all, first of all, the Riddler following zero accounts. There's no way that guy doesn't FRF. There's no way. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely zero chance. Good point. But, uh, like, my problem, like, I get why they did it. Because they wanted to create, like, a climax that was going to make people in the theater feel some semblance of, like, actual tangible fear. Mm -hmm. Which is something that worked from a lot of people I've talked to, including my wife, who was just like, (laughs) she didn't like the scene because she's like, I didn't like that because I feel like that could actually happen. And I was like, yeah, that's what they're going for. Yeah, exactly. That's, but also, it felt so cheap after everything else we got of just, like, all right, the bad guy's behind bars, but now the incels are rising up. Now here's so, his uh, real plane. You're like, I didn't, fuck you. Yeah, what, Don't do this yeah. to me. It didn't feel I like he solved this. a riddle. I didn't ask for this. You know? I, but it's also a thing of like, what, am I going to watch him fight the guy who makes riddles? Like, I really thought there was going to be like one I mean, final riddle or something like him. that. I yeah, didn't get that. So I do think they wrote themselves into a corner to an extent, but also like when we're in fake MSG and the mayor gets shot and I'm supposed to care, doesn't work. Yeah. I just thought they were going to let the mayor die. I didn't yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn. Okay, oh, no, they're not going to have a mayor. We'll have a runoff, okay? Yeah, Andrew Yang is right there. When, they're, when there. they're at the catwalks, like when they're fighting in the catwalks, like, oh, no, Batman's going to go down, and then Gordon or Catwoman or both are going to save him. And then, like, that happens, and it's like, whatever. And I think, like, the, the I'm vengeance line from the bad guy mm-hmm. is, like, up there like that's great for the symbolism of the movie i think that is like the only part of all of this that worked Mm -hmm. because you know the whole thing's about symbolism about like what batman means to people Mm -hmm. like that's why we have this fucking cop that like hates batman and then meets bruce wayne at the funerals like oh mr wayne it's such a such a pleasure like all of that like why is he canadian but then like (laughs) i gotta say i I actually i I, I had not the bad guy so uh, i uh i I have but uh 
But, like, we smash cut from that to, like, Batman and the first responders, like, in what is the most 9-11 scene I've ever seen in a fucking movie. Oh, you didn't watch 9-11? It's like, they're basically, like, about to hoist the flag over Gotham Square Gardens, like, with, it's like, three fucking firefighters and Batman doing the Iwo Jima thing to, like, put the American flag up above it. It's, it's, it's just... All of it is just, like, tonally all over so the So, I actually like that scene for a specific thing. And this is a specific thing that I've mentioned a million times before. Batman, or any of these superheroes, should be heroes. If you're going to be a hero, you need to save people. If it means dragging people through the dirty Gotham water, getting their bullet wounds infected with all that water, then do it. Like, pull people out of the wreckage. I need him to do something here. It can't just be That's sulking fair. the entire That's time. Because otherwise, right, like, I don't see the that. character otherwise. I've seen too many movies like, everyone, where it's just brooding. Sorry. You know? Sorry, go ahead. Because everyone in the city just sees him as like, oh, fuck, Batman's out. We gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, when he rescues that guy getting mugged, and the guy getting mugged's like, Jesus Christ, please don't beat me to death. Yeah. Like, everyone, even the people he's protecting are terrified of him, so you need a moment with all eyes on him of him helping people to set up, you know, the future. Which, so, I actually didn't realize that was gonna be a thing in this movie, that, like, everyone just associates him with being an absolute fucking nightmare that just stalks the streets and beats people to death. Yeah, really people do that. not like him. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with that sentiment. I would agree with that sentiment more if this wasn't such a tangentially New York movie. It's very oh, very New York. It's, oh, yeah. the, it's extremely. It's, yeah. New, yeah. it's the it's the New Yorkness that kills that scene specifically for yeah. me. Yeah, and that's not to say that people in New York don't help each other. It's just they don't. you can't think about New York and a superhero dragging people out of rubble without thinking about nine eleven. You just can't. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I get. I, I, okay, I, so I didn't think nine eleven. I thought Hurricane Katrina because of all the water. Well, the first time it showed Gotham, I was like, oh, okay, this is New York. Got it. That's what we're doing this time. This well, is this Never version. mind. It literally Tandy. takes place on the roof of Gotham Square Gardens. Yeah. Like, it's I should be in beforehand where he's biking in the city. You're like, oh, okay, we're doing Times Square. Got it. Yeah. We're not doing Chicago. We're not doing the 1930s. This is New York. Got it. I just, I, I'm not sure you can do, like, a quote-unquote natural disaster setting. And also have it be that New Yorky. Mm-hmm. I think it's just you could have made this. You could have made it this way in like 1995, but you can't do it now. Like there, that's just that's just all that I'm going to think when I watch these scenes. Mm-hmm. And, and you can like you can say that maybe that's a me problem. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But like that's all I can fucking think about when I watch guy dragging people out of the rubble in New York City. I mean, I, I, just, I, I mean to talk about, like, rewatching this movie. You have to movie, know that, I think. At some point, yeah. I would like to rewatch this movie. I'd like to rewatch it in theaters. I'd like to rewatch it on my TV. I think this is really good. I don't know if I'll buy the Blu-ray, but it I is. think it's really good. That being said, there are problems that are in this movie that will get in the way of me having a great time. I, I really don't care for any of the Riddler scenes. With a mask on, he's just kind of a nuisance, fast forward. With the Paul Dano stuff doesn't work for me at all um and i guess maybe we should get to the joker now just one thing on the riddler how many people do you think took their kids like oh it's a new batman oh yeah that's good five minutes in with bludgeoning someone to death oh let's we we gotta go over that because like i saw when we went to the alamo there were a lot of people there a lot of kids i'm like oh this is bg-13 take your kids it's batman batman is fun no batman is not fun anymore (laughs) opening scene (laughs) would have ruined my life as a child vanessa jumped so hard when she saw the eyes man that it's just beating him to death with that uh, with that carpeting tool, which the world's greatest the world's greatest detective did not know was a carpeting tool. 
until yeah, Ramirez accidentally that. told him that. <laughs> that. That was... I, that kind of worked for me. I, for for it to be I guess it, it worked in the context of the story. Cop to be the one to reveal it, like, like I felt that was. You know what? Okay, I'll, I'll I say guess, it worked for like a year or two, Batman. But like a year, whatever later, Batman. It's like he would have had someone that'd be like, uh, "Master Wayne, you use this on cop," you know? Uh, yeah, and that yeah. movie would have sucked. <laughs> the movie opening with logo, logo, the Batman in big letters, and then just cut to a guy breathing heavy, looking through binoculars. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we're in a good spot immediately. Uh, that no opening big, scene, grand fucking DC universe, right? No, yeah, just, exactly. I didn't, you don't see any of that shit. You don't see the fucking Green Arrow. You know, <laughs> you just... I don't need to think about the Green Lantern right now. Yeah, or the Green Lantern, same guy. Like I kept thinking to myself, like, Probably. boy, I was really hoping there'd be like more mothers like taking their kids out, you know, being like, no, 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 this this one's not for you. <laughs> this was a bit extreme, you know. I. Uh, so what, one more note yeah. when we're talking about the like the beginning of the movie yeah, yeah. and since again we're jumping all over the fucking place, New Cares. Mm-hmm. Really liked the use of the Nirvana song. Oh, I thought same. that was really effective. Oh yeah. That, that, that was, was that was deliberate too. Apparently the director Matt Reeves That's said that the character of Batman in this one is largely based on Kurt Cobain. Uh Cobain did not deal well yeah. with fame. Uh, didn't deal well with it at all, in fact. And Robert Pattinson wow. is very similar. He is not a guy who uh, appreciates his fame. He he likes to focus on his craft. He likes to focus on Final Fantasy VII. Uh, and Thank you. This Batman you is yeah. <laughs> it's nice to feel represented. This Batman's very similar to that. I think it works uh, rather well. Even if you don't like Nirvana, I think it works well. Uh, as I far as uh, I hate to see it. Man, as far as like the music goes, maybe I actually didn't like the music very much at all. Um, I didn't like the. Uh, I didn't even like Batman's theme. I don't even know what it was. Oh wait, wait, wait! I, yeah, you're on your own on that one. Yeah, I, <laughs> I the, fucking love that theme. The theme sounded like this. <laughs> it, it, I just couldn't. You've been busy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I, I don't know. I, it, I don't know. It sounded. You're right. The, the the theme did rip off Pink Floyd. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. The other one I didn't like is like, look, as a Catholic, who's probably fa- my favorite hymn is probably Ave Maria. Man, a bit much of that. You don't have a lot of options. Man. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, but uh, man, see that or higher. <laughs> Actually, I was gonna say Shine, but uh, you know. <laughs> Or in a God of Vida. Anyway, so uh, this yeah. is the kind of movie where when you rewatch it, like you'll just pick on more things. Like one of the small things I love is just the sound of his Batman boots. Oh, and he's oh clearly yeah. wearing giant platforms, and it's louder mm-hmm. than anything else in the movie. Him just stomping towards people in the dark. Yeah, it's good stuff. I, you it's know, little the, details. Those are the things: the sound design, of the foley. That's what Alex mentioned with it being tactile. It's like you can you feel like you're on those streets with them. You can you can like hear the wet puddles and the gravel in them, and it it makes it so much more, you know, realistic for the viewer. You can actually transport yourself to the city, and I I happen to like that quite a bit. Uh, ordinarily, oh, one I last thing. I, felt, I remembered it. Sorry. <laughs> I remember my thing before we get to the Joker. Go, go. Uh, absolutely perfect idea to make it like a year or two Batman, because no one needs to watch the origin story. No one needs to just watch him fall Ex- into a cave of bats. Right, exactly. But also, Thank it's still you. a point in time where no one trusts this fucking weirdo, yes. and no one wants to be around him. Yes. And right. Jim is a weirdo outcast for like, why are you bringing this dude to a time, to a crime screen? Why are you letting him touch things? It's fucking evidence. Yeah. Why is he here? Get him Lots. out of here yeah. or you're fired. <laughs> It's it's a good good time frame to set this movie in. I really like that. Yeah, yeah. I like that I, a lot. Like like, 
and this is what that was the first thing I said when we got out of the car after we left was like I'm so glad this movie understands that I know who Batman is. Yes. Because we do not need I mean obviously on the show we fucking hate origin stories. We've hated all of them. But I get if you're doing like a fucking Doctor Strange standalone movie, like I need to know where that guy comes from cuz like how the fuck would I ever know Exactly. Him? Yeah. Like that's not a character that has ever existed in my brain until you put him in front of me on screen. Mm-hmm. Like Batman Everybody that you, you could find somebody on the street that's never read a Batman comic, watched a Batman show, watched a Batman movie, listened to a Batman radio play, whatever. You could find them and be like, hey, who is Batman to you? Yeah. And they would get pretty damn close. Yeah. Just like describing off the cuff. Yeah. At this it's point. It's so fucking ingrained in our culture. We yeah. don't have to keep doing this. And I'm so thankful this movie understands. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at this point, Batman is probably more well known than Superman is. Okay. And that is a huge fucking deal. Batman is an American icon. And all the previous Batman movies have been concerned with we have to respect the fans. The fans of Batman. At this point, fans of Batman are fans of movies. Fuck. Everyone likes Batman. Big deal. I will never as respect as, fans as of far as If like, you yeah. read Batman comics, stop listening to the show I, and then keep I'm listening. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, but like, I, <laughs> I, I, just, like, I just read those three Batman comics and, and they were pretty good. Not enough quite to recommend except for year one. I keep coming back. Year one was damn good. Anyway, the thing about it is that all those previous movies, like I said, were made to, we gotta respect the fans, we don't wanna piss off the fans. God forbid the fans get upset, these comic book fans. And now the the movies, are like, or this movie in particular, is like, we have to respect Americans. we Because Americans know who Batman is. And like, I have to admit that like, they're probably eight-year-old kids, maybe this is their first Batman movie. They still know who Batman is. They still know, like, parents dead, falling pearls, he likes bats. You, you you got it you, you don't need to do anything further with it and like you understand who it is I will also say that this is like the first time that I've watched a Batman movie where I didn't like internally chuckle where he's like it's it's him and he's walking with a whole bunch of police officers just this guy dresses a bat partially because of the way the movie is lit because everything is so dark it's like that guy's just dressed up like fine whatever you know you just you know. also everyone in Gotham basically accepts it at this point like you said it's year two the bat is here. You know, he just sort of said, and no one's like, yo, what's with the bat? Except that I think John Turturro does that at the end. You're like, yo, what, what is this? <laughs> Wait, are you a bat or something? <laughs> Unbelievable. So, uh, that, uh, when he goes to that first crime scene, the long POV shot of just every cop staring at him, like, what the fuck is this? Get out of here. This man is dead. Mm hmm. It's good stuff, man. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, the, the lack of trust there. The, there's only one thing this movie was missing Harvey Bullock. I was so, waiting for the show. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, just just to compound on what you just said for a second, mm-hmm. I have never been more curious to see how a movie does in China. Mm, that is that's a good, good point. point. Yeah. yeah, that's that's interesting. I this this movie has felt more for American audiences than any movie that I've seen in a long time, mm-hmm. and I wonder if this is going to do well in China because if it does, like if this does numbers in China. Then we might just start seeing better movies. Like I would be really pumped. Yeah, that, I'd be but... really happy. That'd be great. Um... But I mean, obviously, like you said, like this is a very American movie in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. like Americans know who Batman mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So 
what is the biggest international audience going to think of Batman? Have we internalized our dumb, stupid fucking culture on them enough that they're going to be able to watch this and understand? Well, that's a good question. I, I, I don't say that in like a pejorative way. Like, like it's. I mean, we've seen the, the stuff mummy that we're remake. talking about. Yeah, yeah, we saw the mummy remake, <laughs> and that had to be extremely yeah. dumbed down for Chinese audiences. Not that Chinese people are but, stupid, but, but there's a translation it, thing. Yeah, you know. But yeah, it's, but, it's just but a like, kind of suit is that the mysteries. case, or is that just us guessing wrong? <laughs> yeah, you know that's what I'm, that's why it I'm could be. I mean, in my head, I could be wrong, but I assume like when you think comics, it's uh, Batman, Superman, Spider Man. Yeah. Much like if I go, hey Chris, uh, anime, you go, oh yeah, Goku. Like I just assume yeah. he's just an ever present thing. Like yeah, you don't need to know the backstory. You're just watching a guy who's dressed kind of silly walking around solving a bunch of murders by a guy who's pretended to be the Zodiac killer, except terminally online. Yeah, I feel like that will translate well enough. Yeah, but like there's but also there's I don't track how most of these movies do over there anyway. So here's you know? where I think that it runs into problems: the translation of the riddles. Someone's going to have to put a lot of effort into translating oh, that yeah. into things for Chinese people. Yeah. This is one of the things that I thought. I think I mentioned uh, the Yu Yu Hakusho thing did really well. That's they, exactly they, what I thought of. They when translated you just <laughs> they translated Japanese wordplay <laughs> into English wordplay. And what I'm saying is, I think we all know someone on here who does wordplay better than anyone else. We have to get Josh to translate the riddles for a Chinese audience. <laughs> Global conflict initiated. <laughs> Josh Brody submits terrifying treatise to China. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <That's different. laughs> we just ended there. <laughs> I'm not going to top that. Tell you what, like, no, 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 there's more to say. There's more to say. Uh, I don't think we ever actually talked about the Joker. I guess, how do you guys feel about the Joker in this one? Parker, go first. I want to hear more from you. It was an immediate deflation of, of like, I have seen... Due to the ideal gas Like, that was an immediate knee-jerk reaction of, like, I have seen the Joker so many fucking times. Five more times than I want to. Yeah. But, like, realistically, if it's the same crew comes back, it'll probably be good. But it's just, like, there's... Batman is one of, like, the three heroes that has, like, the best range of villains to choose from. Pick anyone else yeah yeah. i'm begging you yeah like the harvey dent thing the harvey dent thing could have worked out well uh possibly i don't know um you can't really do poison ivy (laughs) because uh mostly because you're not going to top uma thurman there's no way you can beat that performance so don't even try we're all thinking it yeah so do we know who did the voice for the joker um yeah i don't i can't remember his name he was the weirdo kid from killing the sacred deer and uh dunkirk Oh, so really? I, I heard I heard him talk, and I went, "Oh fuck, that's Gyllenhaal. They're gonna cast Gyllenhaal as the Joker," and I got really <laughs> I, uh, because I think that imagine? would work. I think could he could imagine? do it. Yeah, I think Gyllenhaal's right? a good actor, but like I think Gyllenhaal's an incredible actor, and I thought it sounded like Gyllenhaal in the theater. I don't think that and was I was him, like, though. "Oh fuck!" Yeah, I don't think that was him. And then like they kind of showed him, and like it didn't it look like him. Not, yeah, but like. But I think that door's open if they yeah. wanted to. That said, um, I said this to you guys before we started recording, mm-hmm. but um hated the scene in the moment because just fuck yourself i'm also tired of the joker but after it was over i was really glad that it was actually in the movie yeah and not a post-credit scene or a mid-credit scene or whatever the fuck these dumbass marvel movies do because like oh, that's a good point yeah if if you're gonna film that scene like you gotta film it in a way that makes me believe that you want it to be in the movie and you're not just trying to sell me something else and like because there were three scenes that happened after that like yeah, it's a sequel tease. Yeah. But it didn't feel like yeah. that. It felt okay. Well, here's the thing about a sequel tease is 
if there was never a sequel to this, I'd be like mildly disappointed. But like, I don't need to see another Joker. You know, like I, I'm kind of good on Jokers. I I was kind of I mean, hoping it would be a different. Have to film. use him next movie. You just establish that he's also in this universe. I will admit, like I that's the whole fucking yeah. thing. You're like you have all these other DC movies come out, but you're like. Well, this movie's not in that universe. Like Ben Affleck's that Batman. I'm, it doesn't none of this fucking matters. I, speaking as possibly the biggest Batman fan on the show, I don't know Parker. Maybe he's up there. I'm not. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like I'm going through his rogues gallery in my mind. I'm like, not a whole lot of options that fit in this universe. Like, uh, you can't do Bane. He's already been done. Can't do Poison Ivy. Mentioned that too many times. Just do Scarecrow again. Scarecrow. With the fucking maybe, Matt Reeves directing it. Fucking nightmare. Scarecrow. Mad Hatter. Hey, Mad Hatter. Alice in Wonderland. If you're going lo-fi villain, you can do literally. Whatever. Really, you know, matter. the one that keeps coming Bane to mind. Can just be like a big strong guy. Who you know, the only the one who he really is. he's just a strong. Here's what you fit into the the context of the universe you have to go with uh the ventriloquist he's the only one that Hell or yeah. technically he's called scarface but like the the little dummy and everything because he's the most italian one in the rogues gallery <laughs> so he you have to put him in there i'll uh i'll sign up for any sequel to this movie where they kill big ben and heinz ward again <laughs> <laughs> wine's hard Alright, uh, you know, I did, I don't think I hated the Joker scene, I was just like, oh, jeez. To me, like, showing that sort of sequel tease, the, the yeah. idea of, the, the idea of even having a sequel tease, that to me is the pearls falling. It's like, I, I don't need this, I, I wouldn't, you call it Batman 2, I'm gonna go, you know? Like, I know who I am. I liked this, yeah. yeah, you don't need to give, you don't need to dangle the character. Yeah, I don't need more of but this, but I also, I, but I was like. Nolan thing where he just shows the Joker card instead of whatever But the thing was. is, I also well, don't well, like, also, sorry, go ahead, Alex. Uh, it's just like maybe you got to show the scene so the guy in the front row with the AR-15 doesn't turn around. Yeah, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I will say that like I, perhaps I don't react quite as negatively to the pearls falling thing because at this point I was I was actually expecting it. I really was. I was just like, it's Batman. If you don't show that scene, it's not a Batman movie. But uh, luckily, a lot of restraint from Matt Reeves. I say a lot of restraint from this movie that's almost three hours. Uh, and uh, I'm glad I didn't see that. And, you know, for the sequel taste, fine, whatever. I, I think the worst part about that scene is it does kind of reinforce one of the problems with Arkham. Is like, why would you build a cell for homicidal maniacs where they can talk to each other? And, uh, I would kind of not design like it that It's a fucking way. lighthouse. Where yeah. is this place? Yeah. I did like the, there were some, a couple drops there for the fans where they mentioned, have fun at Blackgate, which is the other prison that they have. I was like, yeah. hey, well, that's actually kind of good. That's the, like... that's the prison for the mentally well. <laughs> But, like, I'm fine with just not doing the Joker, because they tease at the end, like, yeah, like, Gotham's fucked now. All these yeah. crime lords are going to try and take their chunks of it. Just give me yeah. fucking gang warfare with the Penguin and other people, and Batman trying to stop them with the police can't help. That's fine. Yeah. Give me that instead. I, Please, I'm begging you. Did I miss something here? Because there's a lot of talk about the renewal fund, whatever that is. And, by the way, that's not covering the comics. I, don't know. I, I felt like one of the problems with the Riddler is he was really mad, mostly because Bruce Wayne was getting all this attention, and he he was a real orphan when getting attention, and also Thomas Wayne did some stuff that was probably unethical, and the renewal fund was just grabbed up by, you know, all the fat cats of Gotham, wasn't actually dispersed to the people who needed it. I, did I miss something, or maybe it kind of felt like Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, not Batman, should have seized control of the renewal fund and immediately given it to the orphans, or... Oh, yeah, that, given a shit, sure. Yeah, that's I, something so older I, Bruce Wayne does. Yeah, I get. Okay, I guess. I also, maybe, yeah. 
I thought the subtext was that the Riddler was the kid of the journalist that got murdered. I I also thought that was I, it too. I, I I'm not positive. I mean, he was an orphan, like, I so they were, like, was, hinting at that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it would have been like. Yeah. I, I mean, I I thought that was why we got all of the lore about that journalist being murdered. Because otherwise, why the fuck would the Riddler care? Yeah, like, yeah. It I don't know. Sense. I thought it would have been a nice. It's like, oh, you're a hypocrite. You're a bad rich guy. Yeah, that's not. I also thought it would have been like, a nice little button on the end of the scene. Uh, it would have been like Robert Pattinson. I have to help the city any way that I can. And he just hits send on all the money. To our podcast on our Patreon, like, comment, subscribe. Also, Thomas <laughs> Wayne should have actually had that dude killed. They should have doubled back on that. It'd be way more interesting if his dad did some shady shit with the mob. Yeah. Because, like, how the fuck else do you get... Well, we're going to see that in Joker. That's going to be in Joker, too. That's, you know... Oh, he's gonna take no. <laughs> no! You do realize they're making a Joker, yes. too, right? They're doing it. Oh, yeah, the first one made a billion dollars. Did it really? <laughs> I assume so. Oh. Oh, it made a shitload. Yeah, still like it. Also, uh, here's another thing that I liked. I'm glad they didn't have Joaquin Phoenix as a Joker at the end. I thought that would have though that character. The, the universes are very similar, but they really don't intersect. You can't quite they both have like that New York and there. Robert De Niro movies. That's for sure. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have anything else here? Uh, I will say. Okay. As far as the music goes, I, I take it back. I I really love the music during the car chase scene. I thought that was really kick-ass. Uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Alex, for like explaining why I didn't enjoy like the third act of the movie because I definitely felt a dip after he got arrested. But in my head, I just rationalized it like that's the third act of a comic book movie. This is just yeah. this is better than most of those. But yeah, you're right. Like I don't give a shit about this mayor. I will I've say I've seen her face on posters like twice. I don't care if yeah. she gets shot. This means nothing. Bella Rael, just because they could do this for a Rael change. I will say there are a lot of moments where Batman could have been a mess and they were just like, nah, Gordon's right here. He's his friend. We don't mess with friends like that. I was like, I don't know. I would I would look underneath there. I also like that he has the guy liner here and they just like, yeah, it should have been here the whole time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, that's obvious yeah. to me. No, no, but but to the the unmasking thing, like yeah, there's no fucking way that when they carried him from that church where the explosion went off to the police station, yeah, there's no way nobody looked. Oh yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's unless he glued that fucking shit to his skin, like no, way. yeah, absolutely, no yeah. Way. But also, if you told me he glued it to his skin, I believe you. That's Absolute, fine. Hundred percent. This Ma- kid's make got it, fucking make issues. it make it so it's like a fucking chastity cage where he can't unlock it without fucking or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Is that how they were? There's some know. shit you try and touch it electrocutes you. I don't know. I'm sure, it's happened before. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, careful with that kid. He's a hero. Yeah, I oh, shit, you know I, I still think the Dark Knight's a better movie, but uh, no way in hell. May, okay, I know you don't like the Dark Knight very much, but I, I, it's not that I dislike the Dark Knight. It's like, I, well, first of all, I don't even think that's the best Nolan. I know you like Batman Begins more, but uh, and that's a defensible argument. I'm not I'm not rolling my eyes there, but like, what I like about the Dark Knight is maybe the tightness of the writing. But at this point, maybe even comparing, like, which one I like more is kind of an exercise in futility. Because, like, for a while, my top three Batman movies were in no particular order. Uh, Batman 1989, The Dark Knight, and Mask of the Phantasm. And this is somewhere in that top three, and I don't know which one I want to push out. I I like all those movies, and I I like Batman Returns a lot. Uh, Batman Begins, I like a lot. I mean, shit, I even like Batman and Robin for very specific reasons. I think maybe... You didn't mention the best Batman movie ever made. (sighs) Your word's not mine. Which one was this? Three times in theaters, was it? I... I was wrong. Look, the time has come for you to rewatch. I, that that is coming up. I actually, I'm actually going to rewatch that um, uh, yes. soonish. I think. 
I want to know. Not even a, like I, a making funny kind of way. I'm very curious as to like how that hit you that hard and how you approach it now, I, especially I, after I, you I, watch Signs. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like knowing like how you feel about this movie, if you watch that trilogy and still think that this movie isn't better than all three of those movies, I will be shocked. All three of them? I don't know. All three are pretty good. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is I, like I, I, they, you're right. They're all pretty yeah. good. Well, I mean, also, I disliked Paul Dano a lot in this. If I say, if you don't like the villain in this, like it's gonna that's gonna hurt. Yeah, that's is it? Though? I think like, it is. Like, how many villains are worth watching in the other ones? I like, it is I like how much the Riddler is not in like the first two hours of this movie. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm good with it. Doesn't yeah. Well, same, well technically, same, he's, he's kills the first guy, so you know. Um, yeah, but then they just do detective work and talk to Falcone. Yeah, I know you don't like the performance, but I do think Heath Ledger is worth watching in The Dark Knight. I, think I it's a, don't. I don't dislike the performance. You said it. You did. You just said it wasn't worth watching. It's like how many villains are worth watching in those movies? Uh, Heath Ledger as a villain. Yes, as yeah. a villain, I think like, he is worth watching. I think he does a very good job in that movie. Oh no! What if the prisoners blow up the? Oh, room? I know. This is what. Yeah. Oh, subverted. Yeah, I get oh, it. He's crazy. a wacky okay, that's, show. That's different. Sir. Yeah, it's very, very different. <laughs> But, like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I like those performances a lot more than the Paul Dano thing that we got in this one. Not, I, don't, I don't know. But also, like, really getting down to it here is, like, this is a very specific Batman. And, in fact, I weirdly enough, my, it's not a very good comparison to make, but, like, my, my love for this movie kind of mirrors my love for Batman and Robin. Very different movies, but, like, I like them as a specific iteration here, you know? And I'm holding out hope that the sequel will be even better. I'm not necessarily... By the way, weird thing here. No one really commented on the runtime besides, like, I like the fact that it it flushes out the world a bit. Like, I didn't feel like this was too long at all. Besides, like, I guess, like, the Bella Real thing. It's like, we we could have either cut it or expanded it, I guess. Whatever. So, for me... I'll make two points. First, for me, I did not feel the runtime at all. Mm -hmm until that last act yeah. in which case the runtime felt oppressive immediately yeah, and then yeah. it's like 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 the second the incels on the rafter start shooting i'm like how fucking long have i been yeah. here oh my god it's been two hours 40 minutes this sucks yeah. like why am i still yeah. here this is awful also when we left her response was obviously this is way too long and i asked her because i was curious i was like well if it were up to you like what would you cut what didn't work for you she's like every Catwoman scene didn't know which Jeez. I was surprised by, especially considering we have this movie that fails the Bechdel test with two yeah, female yeah. characters, one of whom is not a character. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, yeah, the one female character, just cut her. Doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought about it, and like, Chris, what you said about this movie, like, being horny but not too horny, mm-hmm. like, uh, accurate. It's probably the proper level of horny. Yes. Also, in truth, I think she was onto something. I kind of don't need it. Yeah, yeah, like, she's not wrong. I, I'm not mad about it, but but if I had to pick something in the first 160 minutes of this movie to cut, it would be that. You know, that that's the thing is, I was kind of sold a different movie with Catwoman. Here is, I was told that she represents that temptation for him, and you see that in the trailer. She's like, "What if you and I built a life together? What if you fucked me?" Like, I I get that sort of thing, and I kind of went in there expecting a lot more of that, and that's a very brief scene for her. The other, te- the reason I want to keep her is that she represents a different kind of temptation, a temptation to solve his problems the wrong way, and 
I, I feel like he almost does that where he injects himself with what appears to be Joker venom. Either that or it's like oh, yeah. the Slimer stuff Gets from that Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's and goes, yeah, that's a, he just starts beating the guy's nanobots, face in. Chris. Nanobots, Chris. Nanobots, thank you. I thought what they were going to do when they unmasked that guy <laughs> is they were like, oh god, Batman's gone too far. He's become the person he never meant to be. I thought his face was going to just be turned into hamburger. <laughs> same, <laughs> same. That, that, so the oh, freak out he just says, I vengeance. And I was like, oh, alright. Not what I was looking for there. <laughs> speaking, speaking, speaking of scenes that caught me off guard, off guard because my brain is fucking ruined. When the fucking penguin stumbles out of the fucking nightclub after they've arrested Falcone, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, they're doing Batman Jack Ruby. I can't. I wait. dude, I so thought <laughs> hey, that. Dude, thank you. Oh, oh my god, dude, that's what I thought was gonna happen. <laughs> It would have been so fucking funny and so out of place in that movie. And I would have been on this show being like, this movie sucked, but that was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. I will say, like, I agree, you could probably lose Catwoman, but also this is the best period in this version of the character to do it, because, like, you get any of, like, the modern Batmans are like, oh, we should run away. It's like, he's been doing this for 30 years. He is never going to leave this place. He will die in this awful city, but, like, it's been two years. He might just he might just yeah. fucking bail. You like know, now I'm thinking about like on. other Catwomen in movies, and really you got you can't. I guess you can't cut Catwoman in the Halle Berry one, much as we would like to do that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wish we could. Uh, I, I guess you could, could conceivably cut Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises because I have to say I don't really remember what she does in that movie. <laughs> I'll, yeah, it's Anne Hathaway. Yeah, right? Anne Hathaway. Yeah. yeah, I don't really remember a whole lot of what she does. She recreates the yeah, opening of Long Halloween. And uh, or year one, and you can't cut the Catwoman from Batman Returns because she's almost a more central character than uh, Batman is in that. that one. So it's like, appropriately horny. That's what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> As for this one, I think you can cut Catwoman, but I'd prefer if you didn't. I I like the character in there. I like what she is. I think she represents uh, a different perspective in the movie. And I, I think it works. And one of the interesting things about Catwoman is that she kind of reminds me of Wonder Woman in a way, in that she is different from the other heroes, in that she is willing to kill. And I thought that went a long way. I also like the fact that it's like she doesn't just steal. She's not just a cat burglar. I'm glad that again they didn't do any of those puns. I, yeah. I I'm glad that like she was stealing that money for a for a reason. As to whether there was a good reason, hey, your interpretation, but there's, like, something that's going on here. It's not just like, oh, I like the fabulous jewels. In which case, hey, Zoe Kravitz does a better job than uh, Adrian Barbeau's portrayal in the animated series. And I didn't think I'd ever say that, because I thought she did a spectacular job for a robot. Like, that scene of them driving away and him looking through the rearview mirror, like, it works. Because mm-hmm. if I was doing something that sucked ass for two years, and Zoe Kravitz is like... Hey, you want to come with me instead? Yeah. I'm not a strong enough man to say no. So, I'm immediately to like, fuck this city, donate all of my money to who gives a shit. Yeah. I'm out, Alfred, you can go home. Can I talk about the specific way that that scene is shot, where he looks in the mirror and he sees her leaving? Any other movie... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> without you, my friend. You always be my brother. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I could. If make, I could, dude. if I could just uh, if only Josh are with us when we watch. Yeah. It. Oh, good thing. <laughs> so when he looks back and he sees her on the motorcycle driving away, you know this movie didn't p- take place in two thousand five because the camera would have zoomed in on her in those leather pants and seeing like her butt and everything, and him thinking Cars like, suck. yeah, I would have been like, oh. <laughs> 
Instead, it's just like she's driving away, and in the distance, it's a more emotional shot rather than a, a horny shot. Again, it's horny, but it's not like over the top horny. And I, I like that. I really do like that there's a little bit of restraint here because otherwise, this is a different movie, and uh, Batman's not a slave to his genitals. Yeah, it's like, like, like you said, uh, symbolism is what matters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like like when she put the cat in the, the like the back container of the uh, the motorcycle to symbolize butt pussy. <laughs> so Josh oh, is going to like this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop that. <laughs> All right, what are we watching next week? Uh, season two of Evil. <laughs> Come on, no more. Bam. When when is the when is the next Twilight movie at Alamo? Oh wait, that's coming out soon. It's Twilight month. I know it's soon. No, hold yeah. up. I don't know if I can make it. Well, that's why we're looking. Yeah, yeah. To. Hold up. Let me look at this. Uh, I got a thing here. Also, by the way, it's it's a brunch showing. It's going to be at fucking noon. Oh my god! This movie better be. I fucking think it have mimosas. Good. All right. If they have mimosas, I'll be there. <laughs> I can't guarantee anything. Oh, it's not Sunday. Thank God. Instead, they're doing that movie party for Labyrinth. Hey, uh, Alex, you busy? Hang on, when is that fucking thing? Um, Jujitsu Kaisen. Oh, never mind. It's on uh, Sunday the twentieth, which I can't guarantee where I'll be, because Sunday's the only day that Vanessa and I are both free. So we're trying to get that going. Good news, you could rent it. I'll watch it. She'll come with us. Wait, Sunday the tw- so we have two weeks. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, Um, I'm struggling with this website. Hold on. Yeah, get the app. The app's right. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get on that. Um, Parker, uh, do you have any ideas? Usually, I have a list here. Uh, let me see. I do. V- oh, they're showing the Evil Dead on Monday, dude. Yeah, have you not seen that in theaters? By the way, no. I might have to. Kind of. You. There's a tree rape scene. So. Oh, Evil Dead Two is the. F- oh, and three yeah, Mondays yeah. Oh. Here's the important thing. The, to record something. The most important. Oh my god, they're showing. Uh, they're doing a pop star sing along. Yeah. Oh, uh, here's wait. Here's the thing. That sounds good. So sing alongs. I I'm kind of like don't I don't want to like have people fuck this up for me. If anybody knows the words to any song in pop star, they're full. I just want to make sure. That, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you're not gonna get people who are gonna be singing along to it. That being said, like I just want to have like a what was it the fuck off song in there? Isn't that what it was like a DVD extra or something? Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> dig your grave when the job is done. <laughs> and if I was right, you, I so, would slap uh, my wrist. Fuck off. Just gonna make a suggestion that makes everyone mad. Yep. But uh, Chris, you dove deep back into the Shyamalan verse. Are you ready to go to the old man beach? I am ready to go to the old man beach. Let's do that. That's the tea, sis.